Welcome to the Republican Professor this morning in California and this evening in Sweden. We have with us the Dracevics. Well, actually, Mirza in Sweden. And we have Samra in Los Angeles. That's where you're at, right, Samra? You're in Los yes, Angeles? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And this is Samra's second time. Um, and she is uh, probably the specialist guest ever in the whole universe because she was a former student of mine in Los Angeles. And this is her brother joining us from Sweden. So thank you both for being here. Thank you so much for having us. It's always a pleasure. My whole family knows about you and your wife, and we respect you guys very much. So thank you so much for having us. I appreciate it. That's really. very kind of you. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for having me as well. And uh, like Samra said, I heard so much about you, and uh, uh, it's nice to meet you. I love uh, I love your accent, and I, I can tell that you can i can tell you're related because it seems like you have the same smile to me yeah <laughs> so you uh there's there's no. a there's a saying in sweden that says like the apples doesn't fall too far from the tree oh yes <laughs> yes, yes i've heard of that you know i have i have uh ancestry from sweden um oh, actually yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, my was, grandmother, my grandmother on my father's side are Swedish. I was originally. I was actually so. wondering about your name because I saw your last name just now. Uh, yeah, Olson. I have a name. Oh no no no, Curtis. that's uh, that's Curtis. That that's oh, okay uh, okay I thought okay. yeah yeah that's uh he's a he's a member of our team. Oh, okay okay. He uh my my last name is Mather. It's like an it's like mother except for with an A Mather. Oh, yeah. And it's uh it's Anglo, it's English, uh, so it goes back. I think the first Mather in North America was in 1632. His name was Richard Mather, and he's he's quite well known. Um, I think he was the grandfather of someone named Cotton Mather, and Cotton Mather is famous for all sorts of reasons. One of them is he uh, Yale University has its name because of Cotton Mather. Cotton Mather uh, was the one that helped get funding to start Yale. He wrote the letter to a guy named Elihu Yale. <laughs> and then, of course, it was named after him. So anyway, it's just but I don't know what's happened to us since then. You know, here we are, you know, we're but, uh, so so you guys all have the, the academic gene. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, maybe that's true. Yeah, they, they did help found you Harvard. Yeah. And you did your research, I can tell as well. Yeah. All the way back to the 1600s. I, I've tried. There's a few gaps that I, I can't quite pin down because the records are not totally there. But that's um, pretty cool. But it looks like it's very likely that I go back to Richard for, for sure. So, but anyway, um, so you, you folks are now who's older? Meritza or I am. Samra? Okay. I'm the oldest in the in, from our siblings. We are okay. five kids. Uh, so 
three sisters and two brothers. And so Mirza, my brother that's with us here today, is basically was born after me. So. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Right after you. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and you live in Sweden? Yeah. What What town do you live in? It's a, it's a pretty small town. It's okay. uh, located close to Uppsala, if you know where Uppsala is. I've heard of it. I've heard there's a university there. I know that. Yeah, right? yes. it's university. like the biggest university city in Sweden. And uh, it's yeah. a pretty big city as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not far from Stockholm either. It's like mm-hmm. Stockholm is okay. maybe one hour from drive from here with a car. Oh, okay. So, by so, but by Volvo a... or by... By Volvo? By, yeah, by Volvo. Okay, all right. <laughs> by uh, Volvo, it will probably take you there by half an hour. But... Uh, half an hour, wow. Uh, by Porsche, it would be two hours. By yeah, Volvo, yeah, yeah. it would be half an hour. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, that's helpful. Well, that's interesting. So what's the weather like now? Do you have snow on the ground? No, it, no snow yet. But now, oh, now oh. in November, it's like... Like the baddest weather starts. It's uh, all the leaves are gone. It's just gray and dark. So mm. the the light is uh, slowly disappear disappearing, and uh, we won't probably see it until after New Year or something. So wow. it's dark and it's rainy and it's cold and uh, yeah, boring. Wow. Boring. Okay. And uh, what is your living situation there like? Do you have uh, an apartment there? and uh what time do you get up and what time do you go to bed what do you what do you do for work and stuff like that i uh or maybe you're rich and you don't have to work no 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 oh, no okay. <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to I'm assume not, that I'm you not were there yet. not I'm, rich I'm, wor- I'm working on it <laughs> yeah oh good it's a work in progress <laughs> is it is so, it dark no, when you I, wake I, up my, uh i i wake up uh, pretty early you know i'm oh, okay. i'm i'm in in my I'm I'm almost 40 years old so I have two kids I have uh, my wife as well and uh, we live in a house in this uh, this place here and uh, I go to work not every day but uh, um, I, I work uh, with the how do you say it I, I I actually wrote it down because uh, it's a hard name a word to say in English, and it's a forensic psychiatry outpatient care. That's what I do. Oh. I worked there for the last fifteen years, and oh, wow. um, that's my situation pretty much. My my kids are. I have a, a son. He's uh, eight years old. His uh, name is Elias, and uh, my daughter is uh, eleven years old, and her name is Sophia. Oh. Wow, those are really cool names. Wow. Uh, thank you. Sophia. That means yeah. wisdom. That's yeah. a philosophy word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's in fact philosophy it has the same root word as Sophia. So yeah. how cool is that? And then you have in have you ever been to Istanbul? Have you ever no. been to no. Oh, okay. Well, they used to call it Constantinople. And okay. there they have a big it was a church originally. It was called Hagia Sophia. Now it's a mosque. Okay. But the mosque is, um, it's huge. It's really a magnificent building. It's hard to imagine people building it without modern equipment, but um, it's stone basically. And 
um the the islamic uh well it, it's arabic i think uh, i don't read arabic but I, my guess is it would be arabic but it's peeling off and underneath it you can see the christian greek oh, stuff yeah. yeah you can see the four gospels and <laughs> It oh, was pretty wild. It's, yeah. That's not used now. It's a museum, I think. So have you seen it? Oh yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Seen it. I've been to Turkey. Yeah, oh, been yeah. all been all around Turkey. Okay, okay. A lot of Christian roots are in Turkey um, because yeah. of the gospel or because of the uh, writings of Paul, Saint Paul. Yeah. He wrote. He I, was all around Turkey and Greece. I think. Uh, I think even uh, where we come from, Montenegro. I think we're right. we're from the Turks. Uh, very from, close Fair, well fairly close yeah not very close but fairly close yeah that's a now do you remember much from montenegro your childhood yeah i i remember pretty much everything i don't do i don't really? know i remember things uh, from a young age uh, mm -hmm. i think from maybe three four years of age and uh until we until we left from there i, I remember everything really good so Samra, I think you said you were 10 when you had to flee. Yeah, I Is that think right? I was about 10? Nine, yes. maybe eight, nine, yes. years, nine, about nine years old. When we left. Yes. No, I think uh, I'm born 83. We, we left, yeah, we left uh, 91. Yeah, so that's pretty I young. Was, uh, I was around uh, like, eight, nine years. I, yeah, I think you were like seven, eight, and I was 10 or so. So okay. I think out of all the siblings, I would say that m me and my brother Mirza probably remembered the most, like mm. our actual childhood there and yeah. sort of the lifestyle and all that stuff. That's yeah. what I would guess. Not to say the other siblings don't remember anything, not at all, but they were much, much younger. So I think... I don't know if they remember necessarily, uh, you know, the lifestyle and and just us kind of growing up there and just you know the the everyday type of life, um, but but yeah, my brother and I do definitely definitely. <clears throat> so you were in school, Mirza, Mirza, right? You were in school when you had to leave. All yeah, of a sudden. yeah, yeah. I just I just started second grade. I remember I just started second grade, maybe two or three months into it, and then mm -hmm. we left. Yeah, and that must have been very because because we just we just left like this. Yes, nothing like oh, yeah. That's so jolting. Yeah. Do you have happy memories before that? Happy memories of Montenegro? Oh yeah, oh yeah, a lot, a lot. Because what, uh, what kind of happy memories do you have? You share, know, share with was, us a, maybe an example or two. Yeah, you know, it was this simple life. Um, where you lived in a uh, generations lived in the house. It was a house full of people, our family, our grandpa, his, my, our grandpa's brother and his wife and the uh, uncles. And uh, yeah, it was just a house full of people sharing everything together, living a simple life. And with the, my dad was working and uh, mom was doing all the chairs at home and uh, we went to school and you know everything was simple it was a good life we we lived from the land we had uh, my grand grandmother had uh, had a couple of cows some chickens sheep and uh, you know we 
we live from the land and from the animals that we had and the, it was a good great uh, simple life i'm sorry i think i think i lost the sound no Is no it no it was me it was me i had oh, you sorry. on mute i, had you <laughs> I on didn't mute hear you <laughs> I, I, was, I wanted to make sure your voice was so powerful oh, okay um, sorry i i always forget to take it off mute um okay. That's I was just saying on mute. I was saying how wonderful that sounds. Just sounds oh, yeah. like heaven almost, you know. You know, so simple. It, it really was. It really was because uh, I remember there was always someone that, at home, and uh, we were always together and sharing everything. And uh, uh, yeah. I heard some of your conversation with the. With Samra from the last, uh, and uh, I, I remember she told you a lot of things. And I remember things like um, our grand grandfather, who was, he mm. he loved to spend time with his grandkids. That was like his prime time. And wow, okay. he was so emotional, you know, when he got older and older. I, me I remember yeah. this like he he couldn't barely look at us sometimes without yeah. starting crying. You know, he was oh. he was such a happy man because. And he, he used to take us every month uh, um, when he got his pension. He took he took the girls out to town, to this small town in the village where we mm -hmm. lived, and uh, took the girls out first night and uh, ate with them. <laughs> and next next day, he, he took all the boys mm -hmm. and uh, we went to town with him. And th that was like every month, you know, like mm -hmm. when he got his pensions, we took a walk together with him. And, uh, it was such a simple life, you know, even uh, the, the village even had the people making shoes, for example. That, that's like, yeah. I think um, when I look at back at it now, like I think in Sweden or other countries, this life was maybe taking part here like 100, 150 years ago. Yeah. Uh, people were making shoes from, yeah. and yeah. the, Wow. Yeah, there was a lot of professions around around the village. Uh, it was really simple. It was cool. And you yeah, saw and that what you saw that with your own eyes. You saw yeah. a cobbler in your village. Does that's the English yeah. word for it? Is cobbler? And oh, my cobbler. my yeah, my students do not even know that word. Okay, okay, but okay. it's an English word. It's it's been in English for hundreds of years. The word is cobbler. Yeah. And they think it means pie, which is another okay. way to say cobbler. But but okay. cobbler as a as a noun could also mean someone who makes shoes in the village. Yeah. yeah. And they they would make it out of uh, leather usually. Yes. I think. Yeah. And that and that's yeah. a quite a skill. I mean, you had to. Well, you'd have a leather maker. Yeah. And you'd have. I, I would I, I guess the cobbler could have done all of that, maybe, but it seems like there would be a leather maker and there would be someone who would make shoes out of the leather. And yeah. um my guess is they the shoes were very tough and they lasted a long time. Oh maybe. yeah, oh yeah. You know, yeah. I, I remember these were not the shoes that when you looked at them, it was not the shoes that you you wanted. You know, no. I remember grandpa was, "Let's go get shoes," and we were, "No, we don't want those shoes." Oh, that is <laughs> so I remember when we got them, we kicked that things, and they they lasted forever. Yeah, so these yes. this is not a Nike factory. This is not. No, no, no. This is no, not no, a no. Nike factory with people 
uh, working till their bones uh, fall off, then their fingers fall off and yeah. they can barely have rice. And yeah. And then there's some guy in America or wherever that has, is very rich. It's, it's someone who's probably got a cow and probably has chickens yeah, and that's how they live too. They get their yeah. milk and their their butter yeah. and and their bread and um, goats and stuff like that. And then they and they have their hours. They don't work probably yeah. past a certain time, and they get there a certain time. But then you know they're not Nike Airs, so it's not like <laughs> it's not no, like no. A, they're affordable, <clears throat> right? You can you there, can buy. There are no can, beauties to look at, but there are no beauties. Right? They're functional. Very they're functional tough. yeah they're tough that's though. exactly why i was laughing because i i specifically remember that it it was a bit of a joke in the family when my grandpa got those shoes for us opanke right that's what you're mm -hmm. talking about yes and so it was my grandma was like what they're not gonna wear those shoes oh my god no way why did you get those shoes no they're gonna love this because i mean honestly visually they were not the nicest yeah. shoes you had ever seen and mm -hmm. so i remember i was like no way i'm not wearing this to, to school and i remember my mom getting like a really good laugh out of it because it was just so funny and so adorable how he had gotten us these shoes and because you know that's probably the kind of shoes that they wore when he was a kid mm -hmm. uh so mm -hmm. but but at for our generation already then, not many kids were wearing wow. those shoes anymore. And so oh I, I remember that. I had sort of forgotten that, but I remember it now that my brother mentioned it. Yeah. Now, were these shoes that were already made or did they have to take your foot and make it around your foot so that it fit? Yeah. Or did they already fit? No, we went there and uh, he measured our feet. And uh, wow. then like a couple of weeks or months, I remember we went back there and the, oh. he, he, they were he, made for your feet. Yeah. <laughs> what a concept. Yeah. man. But then you didn't like it when you saw yeah. it. <laughs> but we, eventually we did. We did. Anyway, oh, so. man. I'd, I would love to see that again. Do you think that there are any cobblers left back there? Oh, are they all I, gone? I, you know, I, I often think about. I often think about because when we when we uh, moved from from there, mm -hmm. a whole different world. Uh, wow. We saw something else that you know we we haven't seen, and I have seen this transmission from when we when we came to Sweden and we got a permit here and we went back to visit for the first time. I think it was about ninety seven, ninety eight, and mm -hmm. things were still still as as they were before you know but after yeah. that year after year you could yeah. see every year that the cars started to change uh, people started bringing in cars from germany and so the standards it mm -hmm. went fast with the internet with everything they started to adapt slowly to this western life yeah the culture is pretty much the same and you know mm -hmm. the the but there, this simple life is disappearing. And right. I can hear now even talking to relatives, like they ask, they ask me, for example, I eat something, uh, a special food or something. And they, they were like, oh, you eat that still? Like no, <laughs> no one eats that no more, you know? What's so, the, what was the but, name of the food? Oh, yeah, Samra, you know, that's our favorite food. 
What, what's it called? What's the word? Drobovi, yeah, the best. So it's it's basically cow, like cow stomach, I guess. I don't know how to say it in English, really. It's like... Say it in your language. So drobovi, it's called drobovi in our okay. language, the way we say it. But um, yeah, it's, it's one of those f- food specialties that not everyone likes. Uh, mm. For some reason... Me and my brother are the only out of our siblings that love it. The other siblings can absolutely not stand it. And an interesting fact, fun fact, my brother's daughter, Sophia, absolutely loves this food, which is really, really unusual for someone her age. I mean, she loves it. She always asks our mom, her grandmother, to make it for her. Mm. And my mom makes it for her with pleasure. But it's not... For example, with our other siblings, when my mom makes it, they can't even come in the house. They don't like the smell. <laughs> I love the smell. I don't know if it maybe reminds me of our childhood, yeah. but genuinely, I just think it's delicious. Honestly, I think it's absolutely delicious. So, Do you know how to make it? I don't know how to make it. It's oh. a bit of a process, actually, but my I mom... Bet makes it and whenever i go to visit i i i told my mom next time i come to visit i've already i joke around with my mom i'm like mom we're gonna get like 15 kilos of drobovi and she's like no come on that's too much i'm like no mom we gotta get many many i want you to make me a lot because i i love that you know now Hmm. just kind of an interesting fact mexicans have something similar Uh, it's called Mm -hmm. uh once when i was in tijuana just for the day I saw something on the menu that looked like this food, you know, and I was like, I asked the lady, what is this? And when she described to me, I'm like, oh, my God, I think this is it. Yeah. Uh, Mexicans wow. call it menudo. They call it menudo. So okay. uh, when I tried it in Mexico, it was delicious. I ended up eating like three plates of it, you know, but here in L.A., I think it depends where you get it. You know, it wasn't yeah. as good for me, you know, but, right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so when you go back, you know, while you're, you still have your mother, you have to figure out how to make it. Yeah. Because you want, you don't want that to die with your mother. No, no, no. I, I right. think a lot, I, I think a lot about that, you know, because they yeah. have so much skills. Like my mother comes, especially in the summer here in Sweden, it's, a lot of flowers, a lot of, uh, you know, green stuff. And oh, that's cool. she like picks everything from the grass. Oh, this <laughs> is good for, for the liver. This is good for uh, kidneys. This is good for, <laughs> you know, cook tea. Or your vitamins. <laughs> so, oh, your vitamins. Yeah. A, a lot of those skills, they I actually like. And making sure, food, yeah. uh, it's, yeah. uh, I agree with you. It's a shame to, to lose that because yeah, uh, heritage. And and our mom is like, she's really amazing with that stuff. She's the best chef. She's the best mom ever. Wow. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned this last time we had a conversation. That's one thing that I remember growing up in Sweden. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's where we really, really lucked out with our mom. When we would come home from school, there would, as far as I can remember, there was always a hot meal waiting for us on the table. I mean, I honestly, I literally had like visual memories where like you open the apartment door and the table's already set. And then you see maybe like, what's that called? You know, when the soup is really hot and then there's something coming out from the soup like this, you know, like 
Exactly. The steam and then always fresh bread that my mom would make from scratch. With butter? Yeah. butter or you don't well, need the butter with the bread yeah, oh, yeah. we oh you mean on top yeah yeah, yeah for sure, sure for okay. sure sorry i thought you meant what butter in the ingredient i don't i don't know no, think so, no i mean on top of the bread <laughs> yes yes for sure yeah. cheese yogurt my mom would even make cheese sometimes she wow. would make yogurt homemade wow. all that stuff and so what to basically to make, <laughs> to make to make a point here i think that was the biggest difference between hmm our household and then many of our Swedish friends, not that they didn't have, you know, they also had great parents and everything, but I think because their parents were working, both Mm -hmm. their parents were working. They did not have that luxury that we had. You know, my mom would always make sure there's food for us when we came home from school, which was really amazing. You know, you come home, you're hungry, you can't wait to eat. That was a real, like true, true blessing. Uh, especially now that I'm older, it's something I would never, ever take for granted, you know? So, um, so yeah, kind of an interesting maybe story to tell in terms of that um, difference living in Sweden in this kind of Western country, Western society, uh, a bit more, definitely more modern society where I don't think it was that common to have a stay-at-home mom, to be honest with you. I don't think so. I mean, I could be wrong, but... Right. Most of my Swedish friends, usually both their mom and dad uh, worked. Mm-hmm. So, however, I did have a Swedish friend, which we still kind of talk about them sometimes in our family. I think they're a very interesting example in terms of Swedish people because their family reminded me of like the old school Swedes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for example, their parents met when they were like super young and have been together ever since. And then. Whenever I'd go home to her house after school, her grandma would be there and she would cook the food because mom and dad are out working. So I I felt a very special connection to that family because it sort of reminded me of back home, you know, because that that presence of a really loving grandmother, very kind woman that always had some goodies on the table waiting for you when you got home from from school, you know. So, so I, we, yeah, I always thought that they kind of stood out for me, you know, as a, maybe a more traditional uh, family, yeah. if, if you right. want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, here in America, it used to be fairly common to have a mother do that stuff up until, well, there was a movement here um, that was a cultural movement. It was a political movement as well to, um, put women in the workforce away from the home and a cultural movement to um, encourage that and now almost shame people for staying home. Mm. And what this has done is um, there's lots of different interpretations of this, but um, it seems to me like what this has done is it has left the kids on their own. And the kids come home to an empty house uh, from school. They don't have any food. Nobody is supervising them. They feel abandoned. They feel they might feel neglected for a while, but then they kind of get over it and they get into trouble or they start, you know, it's whoever their friends are. Right. And um, there's a lot of depression, anxiety. um, Yeah. And and then the wages, something happens with the wages because there's now way more people in the workforce 
And so the wages get depressed because there's more people that want jobs mm. and um, then you don't make as much because, and you have to work longer for, for less. So it's an interesting movement. And, and I think that there's just to be very general and to generalize, there's this contempt for the past. There's this, yeah. the, there's not this warm feeling that you have when you think of your childhood, the simplicity of it. People want things that are complicated. They want the new shiny. Give me the new shiny. Yeah. Right. And even with cars, like this is what drives me nuts with cars. Totally different topic, but just example of cars. Uh, you know, I hate it. I hate the new cars that you can't open the trunk with a key. I hate that. I I just, you know, <laughs> it's like you can't you can't put stuff in your trunk, and it's secure, right? Now you can push a button and open the trunk, and well, of course, with criminals, they know this, and all they have to do is break in and then push the button and get into the trunk. And the old cars, it's almost impossible to get in the trunk. It's like it's like a yeah. vault. It's like a safe. Yeah. And so. But now it's like your trunk, you just can't put anything in there anymore. And so, and, that's just and an what, example of just stupidity, I think. I mean, you have an what, alarm. What's, what's Ooh, the alarm. thing? Why do we want that? Yes, because it's new. Why do we want that? Yeah, it's automatic. Oh, like, it's automatic. Oh, you push you push this and this opens. Wow. I saved two calories. Yeah. I it, it was so many calories to turn the key. And then with I push the button, I save two calories. So oh, how, wow. yeah, how much greater my life is. It's like oh, amazing. <laughs> I would rather just have the key. Thank you. Yeah. I don't want any codes. I, I, I don't want, don't give me any codes. Yeah. I think it's uh, really interesting what you said before, because I sometimes imagine when I watch, I love watching like Western movies, mm -hmm. uh, American Western movies, because... Oh. I love the time. The time is, I, I don't know, but I like it. And I can really relate to this American life. This, this like, you know, this simple life, the, yeah. the respect in the family, like, yes. uh, and, and all the, everyone has a part. And uh, I, I can really re relate to this. So hmm. I love watching old American Western movies and you, uh, maybe modern, you... but... From, do you from have that, a, do you have one in mind? I, I might be able to know. You know, one, you one know, is. one that that's always in my mind. I have many because I've watched a lot of them. <laughs> but White Earp, White Earp is Ooh. a typical great. It's one of my favorite movies because of the wow. strong family bond and you know yes. the respect and gotcha. the the hardworking yeah. people and the and the good simple life and the, yeah, it's I love the movie. Hmm. And the characters uh, of the people and the, the wide open spaces. Yeah. 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 By the way, we recently watched a, a TV show together. Well, I watched it over here. My brother and my sisters actually watched it over there. Hmm. 18, 1883. Um, hmm. Okay. It's a, it's a TV show. I think it's only nine episodes. And, oh, wow. Oh, my God. God, what a TV show! Oh my God, what a TV show! I, I, I think that that was uh, that's absolutely among the best things I've ever seen. Phenomenal, really? phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal, wow. phenomenal, 
how and, how uh, they catch yes. the whole life and the uh, oh it's so amazing it's hard to describe it's so good yes it was it was another one you know western i would i would call yeah i would say it's definitely a western genre i would say i could be wrong but uh and and phenomenal acting uh, you know by the way one of the main char- one of the main actors in the on the show are tim i think tim mcgraw and faith hill which oh, are right? wow. very known country singers and i love country music so i was really impressed with their acting i was like wow when i first saw them i i recognized them like, oh they look familiar i looked them up and i'm like oh my god this is faith hill this mm. is tim mcgraw phenomenal actors i thought i had no idea that they were such good actors because wow. you know how it is sometimes with singers it's kind of like yeah they're yeah. good singers not the best actors but actually sure. they really impressed me in this one really really mm. good acting so i str- strongly recommend it it was a really good and one. was it on netflix or was it on amazon or oh my something god else? it's on it was... uh, uh what is it called it's not Netflix or uh, it's... Uh, no, it's on... Um, you can look at it. I up. forgot. That's yeah, right. I forgot. I forgot the channel, actually. But... Let me tell you a little bit about my childhood because yes, I grew see. up in Colorado, which is okay. part of the West, the Old West. Mm-hmm. And I saw... We've seen a lot of changes in Colorado recently. Um, but I was... Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. My dad loved westerns loved them john wayne like the old classic western you know and i did not like them as a kid very much i mean they were okay but i my dad loved them and he always had he anytime a western was on he would watch it um well the older i get the more i appreciate the westerns like Mm. i didn't in when i was a kid Cause I don't think I really understood them as a kid. And, and um, it's not that I didn't like just the, it, it's not that I didn't like them. It was just that it was kind of boring. Like yeah. they were, it's, they're kind of slow and, you know, they're, yeah. every once in a while something happens, you know, but I don't think I had the patience to follow it. And they were kind of old, old, you know, that old feeling, but see, when I look back at my childhood, we lived in a new, uh, a fairly new neighborhood that was recently built on horse property. I mean, it was for horses, right? And like a ranch. Well, there would be, uh, there would be probably, you could say, you could say that it wouldn't be just one ranch. It would be people who had horses. Hmm. And, 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 you know, I mean, it was the old West, but now there's houses there and we lived in one of those neighborhoods. And for example, the elementary school that I went to was, was named Colorado elementary. And it was named after an Indian chief, just to give you an idea. Yeah. Uh, the name Colorado was named after a Comanche, uh, and then he became a Ute chief, which those are Indian tribes. Utah is named after Ute, okay. Ute 
Um, and so that was my elementary school named after yeah. an Indian. Right. Mm. And then you would have street names that were named after European descendant, like Jefferson, like our yeah. County was named Jefferson County named after Thomas Jefferson. So you had this very interesting mix of Indian. Yeah. American Indian and and then the European kind of people call them white. I don't usually mm -hmm. use that term because I don't know really what it means, but but you know, just the kind of the more Anglo kind of background or yeah. European. And across the street from the elementary school was a big field with horses. And gradually the horses disappeared and there was a mall that was built called Southwest Plaza. But I remember when Southwest Plaza was just horses, there was mm. just horses there. So, and then gradually the barns and the cabins disappeared and they were replaced by houses. And I saw that with my own eyes. Yeah. So we could go easily up to the mountains. We were right on the foothills of the Rocky mountains and we could easily go into the mountains and, and easily fish and catch fish and have them for lunch right there. Wow. And I mean, you could see the fish in the stream. Amazing. Like this, wow. I could probably catch them with my hand. Wow. It was that kind of thing. And there was nobody around. I mean, you would wow. go up there and there would be nobody around. We could shoot guns yeah. and catch fish and clean the fish right there. I learned how to clean fish as really as a kid. And I don't remember having a fishing license. You're supposed to have a fishing license <laughs> and you could get in trouble if you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we were never hurting anybody and I, we didn't, you know, abuse it. Um, I don't think we ever, we never caught anything we didn't, you know, eat or whatever. Yeah. And then you, you ate it. I mean, you didn't, you didn't waste anything. Um, you, you could uh, use the fish guts if you wanted to catch more fish. Um, yeah. If you had to. And uh, that was the, it, it was, it was that kind of life. I mean, even when I graduated from high school, I was still doing stuff like that. A friend of mine, Robbie, Robbie blanks his name. I remember the last time I went camping in high school, we just went up for three days. I think it was just, I think it was maybe Guanilla pass or something. Those who know Colorado would know this, but, and we had, we brought a bale of hay and we put the tent over. This is in the middle of the winter. We put the tent over the bale of hay so that the bale of hay was protecting us from the ground. And we were very, fairly warm in there. And uh, we, you know, we, we shot squirrels and ate the squirrels over the campfire. Yeah. And there was nobody around. And, uh, and now I, I don't think, I think it would be harder and harder to do that because there's more yeah. people in Colorado now. But, but anyway, I mean, it, like I kind of, I was like on the very, I didn't realize what I was seeing was kind of disappearing. And I mean, my parents saw even more than that of like the old West. And so I, now the older I get, and I realize those are actually my memories. I have those memories. I I can appreciate the Western movies like Jeremiah Johnson, for example, yeah. which I loved as a kid. And, you know, some of these movies like big Jake and McClintock and some of these uh, classic rooster cogburn and <laughs> but yeah so that was but my you, childhood you, but uh do, you appreciate them more now you said because yeah. probably you understand them better and uh 
I think oh. the language used for me, especially mm. the language they use, the the phrases, the mm. the the respect, the love, yes. the it's, it's uh, that's that's what I like, you know, because like mm. you said, it can be really slow, yeah. and nothing really happens. But I think it's the 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 conversations that there are I, I like. Yeah. 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 It's it's interesting because when our parents were here visiting mm. uh, in the U.S. in L.A., mm. uh, well, first of all, my mom and dad like really really love Americans. You know, their their experience with Americans was like so interesting because, for example, so I'm mentioning this because of the language that you guys mentioned. So one of the okay. first things that my dad noticed was that Americans say "God bless you" or "Have a blessed day." Oh. Wow. Which I mean, you don't, you don't say that in Swedish. You just, you oh, don't say okay. like, oh, have a blessed day or God bless you. Not because you have ill intentions or anything. It's just not really part oh, of okay. the language. Wow. I don't know if maybe in older Swedish it was, but right. it's kind of faded away over the years. But that's actually one of the first things to this day that my dad says, well, you know, Americans say God bless you and have a blessed day. And for some reason, he just felt a very warm connection to that, you know? Oh. So I think it's that's a really interesting, um, interesting point to make because in some languages, it's just, it's hard to express yourself, you know, because right. you do have certain expressions in certain languages that I think can help make the the connection with another human being a bit closer. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense or... Sure. Yeah. you know yeah mm -hmm. but, so the, uh, what if i may ask you sorry sure, what yeah, do you yeah. why do you think your father enjoyed watching western movies oh that's insightful question i think it's because um i think it's because his life was not going as the way he planned it to be to go and I think um, that's actually why I like Westerns, too, because the Western is is um, freedom. It, there, oh. There's open possibilities. Right. Yes. And the rules are simple. Yes. It's not complicated. There's not complicated regulations. There's not. No. So it's, it's a simple time because there's good and evil. And I mean, it's. It's in such a way where, in other words, you can know right whether someone, yeah. yes, you can know if someone is lying to you or, mm. you know, they shake your hand and they mean it. Yeah. Uh, a contract is, okay, I shake your hand and yeah. I mean it. And that's our contract, you know. Yeah. But there's nobody suing each other. Um, mm. There's no uh, lots of thick pages to read. Like, you know, when you get an I, I, Apple iPhone and, and it says, this is what you're agreeing to. And nobody ever reads that. And it, it's just, it's like, it's simple. And, yeah. um, and uh, it, it, so the rules would be you work hard. Um, you try to plan ahead as best you can. You can't always plan ahead and people help each other. Um, yeah. and you try to keep your word, try to mean what you say. Um, and there's a little bit of religion involved. It's, it's not yeah. like, uh, overbearing, uh, it, it's sort of like, believe. yeah, but it's open to that. 
and um and it's a wide open future and it's what you make of it and i think that's why a lot of people like it uh and there's bad people too and you have to oppose them yeah and they if you don't oppose them they will just walk right over you they will kill yeah. you <laughs> and, yeah. and it's it shows harder to them, like the cruel reality of life as well that's right that's right yeah 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 yeah, yes. you describe it really, really, really good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that's what I liked about it as a kid. Like when I would go up to the mountains, I, I would feel like uh, when you're in nature. I, I remember feeling this as a kid, you know, I mean. You are aware that if you don't make a fire, you're going to be really cold. And you're yeah. not going to be able to have that hot water that you want. And you're not going to be able to be warm. Um, and you might die actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I have had encounters actually where, uh, when I was in high school, we were camping and it was me and my friend Robbie and we were up there and we were, there was nobody around. And, um, there there was an encounter with some bad people and the, we were approached by some people we couldn't tell their intentions and whether they were bad or not yeah yet. so it was a little bit nerve-wracking but it's like well why are these people coming over here and they could just be being friendly but we we were able to discern that they were bad people and um and they left us alone because as a teenager and I was a teenager because my friend and I were armed. We had guns and it, that's very old West. Now yeah. the only difference is we didn't have horses. We had, we had trucks, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. but we were yeah. in the middle and we had a fire and stuff and, and they left us alone. And, and I, I still, don't, I mean, it's kind of scary, but it, yeah, it's a basic thing where what I like about the Westerns is there's no, a lot of folks in nowadays like are they seem to be unaware that there is such a thing as good and evil like there's mm -hmm. there are people that genuinely for whatever reason are just bad news yeah and fortunately you know we have police and we have you know we have things around people around you know and it's it's a little bit unclear because you know sometimes the police are bad <laughs> It, yeah. it's a little bit more muddy but back then i mean you know i mean it was more or less clear i mean you could uh, and and I'd what see... i like about mm. what i like about that is is the simplicity of the rules like you you mm -hmm. just know mm. that if you make a wrong move you could die oh. and i i've had that feeling i mean i've had it myself i've seen no but no one's around and uh it's you and nature and um so Anyway, I'm sorry to. And, what were you gonna say? Oh, really, really interesting. I, I like yes. the way you describe it. Really. Yes, and I I don't even think to tell you the truth, especially the older I get, the more I'm understanding things. As you know, I'm really curious by nature. I love to learn. I love to look at both sides. I don't like to just kind of pick a side and go there. I would like to really look at both sides, and the more I'm getting, getting 
Okay, but the more I get to know all these things, the more I realize the simple truth, exactly what you said. It's not that these people aren't aware that there are evil and good people out there. These Many of these people are just full of shit. They're full of shit. That's what it is. They want to act as if they're some kind of activist and, you know, freedom to the world and, and free this and, you know, give rights to the criminals and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it's all bullshit. It really is all bullshit, you know, because if that same person did one little thing to them or their family, if that same person put anyone that they care about in any kind of danger, they were turned into an animal in three seconds. Believe me. So, so it's not that they're not aware of it. It's just that you have to understand it, especially in today's society, I think throughout human history, but I just think it's so much more emphasized today because of social media. And I'm saying because of social media, because remember, you have this, you have very quick access to just record yourself. And so three, two, one, I can be a hero and everyone will know about it, you know? So people are so self-absorbed nowadays, many people, not all, very so many of their actions are always in their own in their own in, interest based on these narcissistic tendencies you know that have nothing to do with real uh, activism real heroism protecting the society protecting the community you know that's why i love what you said not to be biased but and i say not to be biased because you know you are one of my favorite professors and I've learned so much from you but I really think what you said makes so much sense at the end of the day I don't care how complicated your society is the rules are very simple don't mess with people don't mess especially with good people you know as human right. beings yes we all we must respect everybody's human rights but in my opinion the human rights of good people must always take a precedent always you cannot, oh, but he killed this person. Oh, let me now worry about his human rights. No, the moment you do that, you lose your human rights, you see. And I think many people feel this way deep, deep down inside. Now, some people are more outspoken about it, maybe because of their culture. Maybe their culture is very outspoken. You know, for example, I can use our culture as an example. We are, you know, we're Albanian, so... I think many times we're good people and everything, but I mean, if you mess with our families or if you mess with our loved ones, we're not going to be good anymore. You know what I mean? We're going to do what we have to right, do to protect yeah. our loved ones, you know? So well, my point is, you see so much of this bullshit today, you know, where people are just, you know, floating around in air, you know, but, but it's very... It's very transparent, this BS that they're trying to sell us. At least uh, to me, it's very transparent because it's like, cut the crap, cut the crap. You know, I've had this conversation with my brother. Let's take a look at the, the current president in El Salvador, for example. I look at him a bit as a genius, to be honest with you. But I mean, then again, at the end of the day, is he a genius? Not really, because he's do he's following these simple rules that you just talked about. You know, you don't come into a society, especially as a president, and try to, uh, you know, delegate and negotiate with criminals. You don't. You take mm -hmm. care of them. You do what you must do to yeah. protect the honorable people of your society. The rules are very simple period you know wow. but then these activists come in and they're like oh but their life and this and that i don't give a damn about their life i don't give a damn what they went through 
The rules are very simple. You don't kill people. You don't dismember people. You don't, you don't just come in and destroy their lives, especially since the majority of these people are honorable people, mm -hmm. you know? And I've seen so much of yeah. this here in Los Angeles that upsets the hell out of me, you know, where you see exactly that. You see these honorable people, hardworking people who are trying their best. They're trying their best to provide for their families you know, to take care of their families, to build a good life. Why shouldn't they? They live in the United States. You have every right to do that. If you want to become a millionaire, a billionaire, as long as you do it honorably, go ahead and do that, you know. But then you see the, the evil people, you know, just evil, evil mm -hmm. people who, who try to um, come in and just destroy this peace. You know, look at what's happening in Los Angeles nowadays, for example. You can attest to this, you know, simple, hardworking, wake up four in the morning type of people who own small shops, let's say small liquor stores or small business owners, you know, honorable people who are living the American dream. And these a-holes, evil a-holes, you know, come in. And just think it's okay to, you know, shoot them, kill them, rob them in the middle of the day. You know, I don't give a damn what that guy went through in his life. I really don't yeah. jail him, jail him forever, put him right. away forever. You see, yeah, yeah. so the, the rules going back to what you said, the rules are very simple, but yeah. we live in this, in this narcissistic society today where these clueless people because they're clueless they have no idea what they're talking about they're mm. trying to give us this you know activist uh, bs you know so to go back but to I, this, I, uh, think, uh -huh. I think i uh, think what you said before is it's uh, it's a shame uh, I, I i i like to look at things you know from different angles because i sometimes discuss with myself and i'm i'm not sure what i think <laughs> but, yeah but uh, you know i like to see things from different perspectives but because it's interesting from mm. one point of view and sure. uh, I remember like when we were kids my grandfather used to have older friends like my grandfather professors mm. and just maybe the regular people but uh, often people came around and we were able to be around these elder peoples and I remember finding myself in the living room full of people. And I I remember I could stay there for weeks. Wow. I could stay there for, just to listen to the discussions. Yes. The the philosophies. Wow. And I, I, I get the goosebumps when I think about it, you know, because wow. it was so special. And what I want to say with this is like these experiences, uh, when you experience things like this with the family, with the togetherness, you, you learn what's wrong. You learn what's shame. And, you know, uh, I remember our dad especially telling us about relatives, for example. Oh, yeah, you have to respect this guy because what he did for your grandfather and he drove uh, across Europe just to come to his funeral. And it, you have to appreciate this. And, you know, you learn a lot from this experience. And uh, I think many people don't, especially not today. So it's a shame we're losing that. We're losing this, the conversation, you know, the. Wow. Yeah. So you, you appreciate the elder 
stories and and the listening and 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 learning from other people when you can yeah absolutely 100 100 yeah 100 well guess what you're going to be one of those older people yeah i hope so one day yeah you're well if you keep on you will be one of those older people that uh the kids will very much benefit from yeah if they're a good kid they will they will learn from you yeah. Because you were learning from them yeah. for the older ones. So. And uh, I on. think I was re- learning because of the way they learned, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I think, at least. I don't know, but I think. Uh, Just think of how rare that is now. Yeah. I mean, it seems rare. It seems yeah. rare to sit and listen to older people. Mm. Oh, yeah. Sit and listen. And, and you know, and, even in the last um, two years, with the 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 lockdowns and things like that, it seems like the older people, at least in America, I don't know, I really don't know the Swedish example. I've heard things, but I don't know firsthand. It'd be interesting to hear what you say. But but here in America, we really isolated old people, and we did not listen to them, and it was for their safety. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, well, but we benefit from the old people too. Oh yeah. You know what about us? Um, yeah. And what about them? And and so I'm I just worry about the the justifications we have for their safety, and it's like, well, actually, we're hurting them and we're hurting us too because. Oh. And I can't imagine like kids on college campuses having the patience. I mean, the kids now, the kid, the students I have now have their computers out. There was a student that sat in my class yesterday that I've never met before. Actually, he's not a student. She was visiting one of my students. And so I thought, oh, he was going to listen to the lecture. No, he just took his computer out and just was distracted the whole time. And, and it was distracting to me. And the students have their computers and they're just distracted and it's very rude. Yeah. And they don't listen. Yeah. And that's my students. It's at Azusa Pacific University Wow. in the politics department. Entitled. Entitled. That's what it is. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's sad because it's, it's, they don't get anything out of it. They don't, they, they're, they're wasting their money. They're wasting my time and theirs. Yeah. And it's just really sad to me because they don't oh. know what they're missing oh. because they've never been forced to to put their computer down and take notes and listen. Yeah. So just sad. listen. Give it your full attention. Yeah. You, you know, just to be fair and maybe kind of give a bit more insight to it. I hear, remember, I haven't been back to our village in many, many years. But I do hear from other people that things have changed quite a lot in our village as well. In fact, only two months ago or so, I went, I drove to Orange County. Remember, I have a, lots of family in Orange County. So I went to visit one of my cousins and her mom was here from our village visiting. And it was so nice to go and hang out with her for a couple of hours. And of course, you know, she made all this delicious food and 
You know, the couple of hours that I was there, she shared so many stories with us. And I told my cousin, I said, listen, we should do this again and we should record her seriously because these these are very valuable, very valuable stories, you know. But one of the main things that she said to us is that you guys have to remember, things are not the same in our village anymore either. You know, kids are on their phones these days. They are on social media. They look at these, at these, uh, you know, t- gadgets. They're looking at their gadgets. They don't interact with their elders the way you guys used to, you know. So I think this is taking over even those small villages that were remote and sort of isolated and could live this sort of simple life, uh, you know. So just to kind of, just to be fair, uh, you know, for better or for worse, it's it's like that in, in these small villages as well. So imagine mm. the magnitude of it in actual big cities or, or places like Los Angeles, or as you right. call it, I love your name, Los Angeles. That's a great name. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It's a great name, Los Angeles. So, so I've yeah, never had anybody know. correct me on that. That's the funny part. It's no one, no like one has it. ever corrected me on that when I say it. it... Um, in fact... In my doctoral dissertation for my PhD, every time I use the word Los Angeles, I say Los Angeles. Never was corrected, <laughs> even for my PhD. <laughs> so that's the funny part. You could take my PhD off the shelf and see Los Angeles, and it's yeah. correct. <laughs> it's, it's the most yeah. accurate name ever, yeah. ever. But that's just funny. to be fair, it also depends which areas of LA. So I said... Sure. Some are Last than time I, we had that conversation, I th- I feel very lucky that I live in a predominantly Hispanic uh, area where, you're, honestly, I'm surrounded by a very, very kind community of people who are mm. very, they always talk to me, they always give me things, they, they're very family oriented, they're very, we help each other. So to give you an example, one of the members, well, one of the tenants on the street got sick from COVID early on when COVID had started and just was like not doing very well and couldn't afford certain things. And so everyone in the community kind of pitched in to help out. And so that I love that, you know, I'm grateful that that's the kind of you know, community that I live in. So I'm very, very grateful for that, you know, but mm-hmm. if you go to other areas of Los Angeles, I mean, uh, truly it's unbearable. It's so fake. It is so not genuine. It is so mm-hmm. just me, 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 hmm. narcissistic. So very wow. lost people, very weird people. So yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yes, for sure. For sure. Oh, by the way, totally off topic, but there is this amazing Bosnian restaurant in Orange County. So next time really, I'm in that area, you know, definitely we have to meet and you have to try this food. You're going to love it. It's our food. You know, all my friends that I've introduced to this food, it's just, they love it so much, you know? So next time we got to really got to try this food. It's uh, it's amazing. You're, you're going to, to like it and it's in Orange County. So I don't, I don't Do you mind know what city it's there. in. Do you know what city it it's is in, in uh, Fountain Valley? I think okay. Fountain Valley or at least close to Fountain Valley. So, so uh, right. I like it. Do I you, really like do you it. know the name of it? Oh yes. Uh, S-O-F-R-A, Sofra. And then okay. Urbana, U-R-B-A-N-A. 
Sofra Urbana. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the food is authentic, by the way. So it's not like, oh, Americanized or something. No, it's definitely authentic. Wow. You know, I believe it was started by a Bosnian family. Last time I was there, I saw some Albanian people. So I don't know if they took over or something, or maybe they're working together. But the food is absolutely authentic. You know, mm. we can, I can vouch for that. So it's a really good food. We we have to try it next time I'm there for sure. <clears throat> Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. We'll have to do, meet there for Thanksgiving or something. <laughs> Give them some business. I don't know if they're, maybe they're closed on Thanksgiving. I don't know. Probably. That's funny. Well, that's great. So have you ever been to the United States, Mirza? Yes, once. And oh. uh, I went there to visit my sister. I think it's 12 years ago. Is it right? Okay. Yeah. That's a long time well, ago. 13 years ago. And uh, I was there for two weeks in Los Angeles. And uh, Oh, yeah. Did you take him to the fake places, Samra? Oh, yes. Hollywood Boulevard. He was very popular. Oh, I bet. Uh, very popular. Everybody Did he have the correct to... jeans on and stuff? Did you make sure he no. had the right jeans? The, the, Did he have the Montenegro on, shoes on? Everything I, was on. I went. Point. I went to the to the to a store. I remember to buy jeans. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. However, with our with our other brother, now that you mentioned this dress code, when he was here visiting, uh, we you know we were also going sightseeing. You know how it is. First uh-huh. time you're here, you want to sure. check places out, and so. We were waiting in line to get into this bar. You know, I had never been to this bar and I'm not much of a bar goer, but just kind of, it was one of those, you know, my brother wanted to check it out and there was a line outside, but when we got to almost getting ready to get in, they they were like, oh, the dress code. So they did not Mm. approve of how my brother was dressed. And, you know, speaking of standing up for your loved ones, I'm like, man, go to hell. I don't even want to go to this place. Like, what kind of a BS is this? You know, like you can't wear regular shoe, regular clothes. I don't even uh, want to go to this bar, you know? Yeah. So, so I thought that was really odd, you know, that huh. you had to have a certain dress code, you know? Isn't, isn't the point of going to a bar, just going to a bar, you know, speaking of Western movies, just like the right. simplicity go of to it. A bar. Like, now I have to be dressed up to go to a bar, you know? So I remember getting like, I was like, oh, hell no. I don't even want to go here then, you know? So so that was a bit weird, you know? And my brother thought it was funny. He's like, oh, okay, this is LA, I guess, you know? But Mirza, what, what was your reaction to Los Angeles? Did you, did you like any of it? Did you dislike <laughs> any of it? We, we we want to know the honest answer. <laughs> yeah, I I... I like I told you, I watched a lot of movies and my picture of America mm-hmm. was pretty much why I expected, what I expected, because sometimes you expect something and it's totally something else. But with America, I, it, it, it meant my expectations, you know, like everything was big and uh, the people, I remember the people as uh, warm welcoming and uh, uh, good people and nice. uh, like you know the houses the cars everything it, it's like it was like I imagined and I liked it very very much and oh. 
and I I plan to go a couple of times, but you know, life 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 goes on. Yeah, it's far. It it doesn't always turn out the way you want. So yeah, but I I liked it a lot. It it uh, I I loved it. Did you go to university in uh, Sweden? Did you go to college? No, I I uh, you know when uh, when we were kids. Uh, growing up here in Sweden, our mom, our mom was like always saying, "Oh, you have to go to school. You have to get an exam." And our dad was the opposite. You know, he's like, "Yeah, go to school, but if you want to stay home, sleep, stay home, sleep." You know, <laughs> if you're tired, wow. stay home and sleep. <laughs> wow. So I remember actually some mornings, my mom is waking me up. Go to school. You're late. And mom, I'm like, "Oh, I'm tired, mom." And my dad comes into the room. He's like, "Let him sleep. He's tired." <laughs> <laughs> so you know you're torn between two true. worlds and yes. uh, but uh, I I went to the same school as my sister because I I liked uh, studying languages and this was uh, an English speaking uh, school so and after that I started working and I I uh, from that point on you know I had a couple of works and then I I ended up uh, where I am today, 15 years ago, and uh, I liked that uh, that job, and I, I got stuck there, you know, because uh, mm -hmm. I, I found out that I, I was good at uh, working with people, and uh, oh. I have good understanding with people, so I got stuck there, and uh, that's where I am today. But um, I have uh, recently, like, Two three years ago, I started doing some uh, university courses. So okay, little by little, yeah. Well, your English yeah. is very good. <laughs> I thank you very much. I, um, like it's hard to some words, you know, you stumble. But uh, how many languages do you speak now? Do you speak Swedish as well? Swedish uh, and uh, and Serbian, as you call Serbian. it, mm -hmm. like. Uh, we what different people call it different things what um, language do you use with your parents serbian okay because my dad my dad's side they're speaking albanian and from my mom's side only serbian so when we were living in montenegro me and my sister we were the oldest and we spoke two languages we spoke albanian and serbian so when we got to sweden the albanian we didn't speak anymore, not so much. Gotcha. I speak Albanian, you know, I, I get around, but you can... I, I forgot forgot a lot as well, but I, yeah. I can get around and I understand a lot. Uh, gotcha. Serbian, I speak fluently and English and Swedish, so four, well, four languages. Honestly, I'd like to interject wow. real quick because I think my brother speaks Albanian way better than he then he claims I yeah but you know very when you don't practice you you lose a little bit but i know the feeling True. i don't know with as many languages but i know the feeling with just the True. few languages i've i've studied yeah very yeah, true. you gotta, gotta use it. I, I wanted to just clarify real quick for your listeners. You know, when we finished, um, so when it was time to go to high school in Sweden, mm -hmm. we had the option to choose to go to this university town, Uppsala. 
they had a particular high school, which was oh. really, there was a new system back then. So it was one of the few high schools that offered a three-year program where you basically get to learn every subject in English. The only subject that, that was taught in Swedish was obviously Swedish. So that's the school that my brother attended as well. So for three years, you know, you had to speak to your professors in English, you had to read books in English, you had to give your presentations in English, all of it. So obviously, our English like, really evolved a lot during those three years, even though, you know, you had to get on a bus and kind of travel an hour to school an hour back. But that was, you know, I prefer that option, because I really wanted to go to that school. So that's one thing. And then what my brother said about our dad, absolutely true story. He's one of those that just believes, you know, he's always like, look at me, you know, I barely have any school education and I'm I'm fine. You know, he doesn't believe that you should burden yourself with like going to school or getting an education. I mean, he supports it. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't think you should burden yourself with it. You know, whereas my, our mom has always been more like, you have to get an education. Please do get an education. It's going to be better for your future and so on. So my dad would constantly do that. Even with me, he'd wake up before I'd wake up and just try to convince me like, please don't go to school today. Get some rest. Look at you. You're so pale. You're working too hard. Like literally, that's our dad to this day. So maybe we could connect his, this idea that he's kind of stands for is connected to this simple life, you know, that you shouldn't burden yourself with these expectations and um, I don't know. And then, like, how many degrees most, you have and blah, blah, yeah, blah, you know? The, yeah. The most important thing he <laughs> taught us was like, don't lie to anyone. Be honest. If you find something that's not yours, turn, give it back. Don't let anyone like, you know, use you or something. Like, be a good. There's our grandfather used to say. There's two, the most two important religions in this world is a bad, a bad person, a good person. That's like the two main religions, and uh, that's what he taught taught us, you know. But being a good good person with the uh, first of all, and uh, uh, all this thinking, philosophy about life, you know, wondering. So, and I love what he learned us uh, the most is like appreciate time. Like time goes by fast and like it's the most valuable thing in the world. Like spend it wisely and uh, use it wisely. Don't, don't, don't waste it. Right. Yeah. Now, how did how how has your life influenced how you see the world religiously and stuff do you do you did you were did you believe in god when you were a kid yes oh and did that yes, change did. at all uh, during your life you know it has changed in one way because back where we come from i like it in one way because you're religious, you believe in something particular. Right. Like, it's like this and nothing else, you know? I see. But going out from there, from believing, I I, I even remember I, I was praying every every day, every night. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I stopped when doing you were in the, When the simple life during in the yeah. village. Yeah. Okay. And every night I went to bed, I was praying. 
And I remember when I stopped praying, when I, you know, I prayed a little bit less, I actually got scared, you know, what will happen to me now? I, I felt like I was a bad person because not praying. So what I discovered later was that I still am religious and I still believe, but, you know, it's like I'm not that convinced as maybe as many people are like it's like this or like that i very much believe that there is something above us that we will never understand and we will never be able to conquer or do you understand what i mean but mm -hmm. there's something this universe is it's too amazing it's too big it's too complicated just to be like this you know and so i believe very much i respect something very very much but uh, mm. i do not pray to anything particular but i gotcha. respect something and i appreciate something and i i believe in something yes gotcha now i still pray before i go to bed and i think it's it gives me a sense of comfort and I am now that I, as old as, as, as I get older, I am convinced that all the good qualities that I have today are because of my religion and because of my culture, you know, because I think culture and religion go hand in hand, but in a very different way. Sometimes when they mix too much, it's not necessarily a good thing, you know, but but everything I've learned, I've learned from my culture and from my religion. And so I still pray. I do. And I still believe 100% that there is something, you know, I call it God, but it's sort of similar to what my brother says. I don't necessarily have the need to argue with someone, whether my point of view matches with your point of view or whether what I believe is better than what you believe. I don't necessarily have that need, to be honest, but I I like having the presence of God in my own life. You know, I think that's my, I like it. It's comfortable, you know, very comfortable. Mm -hmm. However, I think as a student, I've mm -hmm. gone through my phases where, you know, I've had my moments where I've questioned the existence of God. And I think it's safe to say that our dad, for example, has, I don't think he <laughs> I don't think he thinks there is a God or something like that. You know, I don't think so. Your you dad? know, to be honest. Yeah, our dad. You know, I think he has a very interesting perspective on on God. But you know, I've I've gone through my phases of questioning God and everything, but I realized that the best quality of my life is with the presence of God for me personally, you know, but I don't go to argue with people about it i don't try to convince others to do to do something but it i like it for myself you know um so so yeah i i agree with my brother i think we're on the same page more or less when it comes to that uh you know do you and guys maybe talk brings... about it do you guys talk about it with each other my and with your father and yeah and with your oh, father oh yes i mean but, honestly but, my but our, our father is i think he's in my opinion, he, he thinks like us, you know, he's more of like, he's questioning certain things in certain religions. Like, okay, you do this, you burn in hell. I like, you know, he, he questions the, 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 
eh, vad säger man? Eh, how do you say? Vad är det för, vad är det för ord du letar? Eh, it questions the, the, the logic, you uh-huh. know, in, in certain things. Gotcha. But he as well, I think, in my opinion, he, he believes. And he always tells us like, oh, I dream, dream there's a life after this life, you know, and there's something, yeah. So, gotcha. so it's not that he's not religious, but he questions a lot of certain things in certain, certain. Right. Okay. So like, he, like, he wants like, logic. He needs it to make sense and it's got to be logical. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like he, like yeah. if you say like, I'm the almighty, <laughs> why he, he, he just uh, ask himself the questions. Why? does the almighty want the world to suffer you know for example right like this why right. why Suffering. is half the world burning and the, the other world is not and you know all these things sure true very very true Sounds very philosophical. You have a philosophical family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, I think. And um, you know, talking about belief as well. A couple of years ago, I went for the first time. I went further up north in Sweden to to hike. Oh. And uh, like, for me, that's that's when I feel religious. You know, mm-hmm. when I feel the power. Of nature, for example, I found myself in one moment when I was I was walking the whole day alone. I had two friends behind me, but we were all walking like we were so you know soaked in by this calm, this the this beautiful nature and everything. And we climbed this high mountain, and I just sat there. I remember I sat there for a long time and just watched everything. And I couldn't, I had a hard time believing, you know, how great this was, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's for me, like, that's a religious moment when I mm-hmm. feel the, the power of, of, of those things, you know. And the, yeah. that's when I feel it. Yeah, very powerful. Um, you know, Emily Dickinson has, I'm not much of a poem, poetry person necessarily, but she has a beautiful beautiful poem Um, I'm actually going to look it up real quick here because it talks about exactly that Uh, some keep yes I remember now it's calling it's called some keep the sabbath going to church that's the name of this poem and it goes like this some keep the sabbath going to church I keep it staying at home with a bubbling for a chorister and an orchard for a dome some keep the sabbath in surplus or supplies maybe surplus i'm not sure how to pronounce this word i just wear my wings and instead of tolling the bell for church our little sexton sings god preaches a noted clergyman and the sermon is never long so instead of getting to heaven at last i'm going all along. And I remember this poem when we were analyzing it in one of my classes. It's all about that, you know, that not 
everybody goes to church to show their praise for God. Some people stay in touch with the nature, with the birds, with the animals, and that's how they feel God's presence, you know? Yeah. So I, I really, really, really like that interpretation and because, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I would like to think as well that God, I would like to think, I don't know, but that God didn't give us this everything to limit us you know i think mm -hmm. everything is here to to explore to to learn to soak in and to respect and to to treasure so yeah yeah and, and well also said. as yeah. and also i think as human beings we have so many limitations that we're not even aware of you know honestly uh, for example, mm -hmm. if you look at all these spiritual teachers or even read spiritual books, they all of them have one word in common, which is awareness. Uh, you know, they try to help us to become more aware. They try to awaken that awareness in us. You know, many, many people in the world don't even understand what awareness is. And so I think we are limited by our own lack of awareness. So for example, let's say you grow up in a culture where you are taught in the most rigid way that this is God, this is what he looks like, and this is what your religion is, and there's nothing else outside of that. You know, well, right. you grow up with those ideas, with those beliefs, and you don't even dare look at anything else or right. learn about anything else. And so maybe to connect to certain people from our village, you know, I guess after we had moved to Sweden and and when we would go back to visit, if you just kind of mentioned maybe something else, some people would get extremely offended because, again, you're not supposed to think about anything else because this is the correct religion. And so the way I look at people like that nowadays is there many of them are not aware. You know, they don't understand this, the, the importance of awareness, like it or not. There are billions of people around us that are very different than we are, that grew up very differently than we did, that interpret God very differently than we did, you know? So it becomes like a very, a burden to to constantly have that argument with people trying to tell well my god is like this and your god is like that and blah 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 and so i'm not really interested in that to be honest with you i'm more interested in all the good things that you can soak up from every single religion you know and let's look at for example christianity the 10 commandments please give me one example from the 10 commandments where there you are taught to do something bad I can, I haven't been able to see it. I see only good, only good metaphors, only good symbolism, only good lessons from those ten commandments. So why should I sit there and argue against someone, let's say, who is Christian or, or Catholic or Jewish or whatever, Muslim, whatever? You know, I think the fundamentals are yeah. truly, truly there to teach us something that's beneficial for us. Right. You know, yeah. but then as human beings, sometimes we think, well, I know a lot and you don't know <laughs> this. And so it makes me feel better. It makes me feel more powerful to preach to you or to do this or to do that, you know, and honestly, I don't even want to get too much into this, you know, but I'm even noticing it today in American politics, how certain people, certain people will use religion 
as a way to feel more entitled, as a way to feel like they have all the answers, you know? And I think it's very manipulative, you know? Honestly, I think it's very manipulative. You know, like, again, I don't want to get too, too much into religion. But for example, I look at people like George W. Bush, his father, maybe he wasn't the greatest president, but I truly believe they were very good people. They are very good, good. Like to me, they represent some of the best Americans in history, like good, uh, decent human beings. And and their religion. John McCain for me. For oh me, my God, good, John McCain. I love John McCain. Amazing man. man. Amazing, good man. Those and people I, for me, if we like, if you change the they they barely don't exist anymore because that's mm -hmm. a great man. That's that's a great, really great man. Mm -hmm. So, I but like agree. you say, you have to be aware because some you have to be able to question everything, whether it's religion or anything, because you have to be aware that maybe Mirza is using religion to get something out of it, yes. or maybe he's a true exactly. religious guy. So you have to be aware. It's like it's everything is not black or white it's uh, exactly yeah. exactly and and that's where i feel very grateful as an outsider that i'm able to have that perspective because i have no need to belong to this club or that club you know because i can see through both you know and so so um so i think it's really really interesting to kind of see you know sometimes the current the current state of politics in america I'll tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like, I don't know, a group of very childish and very immature kids who have made this pact with each other. Like, okay, listen, our group despises this other group. And then in that other group, they have also made a pact with each other. Oh yeah, we hate that other group. We despise that other group. So you know what? Let's just use every single thing that we can to try to get at each other. That's why I can't stand it sometimes because, oh my God, people, have a conversation for the love of God. Sit down and talk, listen to each other. You know, there's nobody out there that can come to me and say, oh, Republicans this. I don't give a damn. I wanna have a conversation with a Republican. I wanna have a conversation with a leftist. I wanna have a conversation with a right wing. I wanna have a conversation with a, with a hardcore Democrat or whatever. I just wanna hear where you're coming from. Honestly, I really do. I, I'm not standing, sitting there with my shield ready to attack, you know, like, oh, you're from that other group. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it, yeah. it almost, it, it blows my mind sometimes, you know, because sometimes I listen to people that I really respect, that I think are brilliant. But because that pact takes over, they become so childish and so immature and pathetic sometimes. And I'm just like, oh, my yeah. God, like, man, look, you're being controlled by that. Like, right. just just let it go and like have a conversation, try to have a conversation. You know, that's why I think. Yeah. podcasts like joe rogan's are so successful because that's i, agree. I don't know how, I agree. Yeah. honestly i don't know how that happened to joe rogan i think he was just born that way you know like he has that ability to to have a conversations with anybody with yeah everybody you know like he just has that ability like he lets them talk he lets them express themselves he 
But you know, I think like, I think I think that's a way. If you look at it in another perspective, this is a way to. We have to understand that our brain works in a certain way. We're like the first people out of ten thousand generation living like this with electricity. So our brain is still in the savanna, you know. So we we all. I think it's in one way it's logical, but it's also hard to understand because we we have this tribal thinking, you know, unconsciously. Yeah, that's true. If you if you don't think like this group, you 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 risk you risk uh, uh, getting thrown out, and then you'll die. That that's like even if you don't have this opinion or something, you just you want to belong to this group because it's just tribe the, the tribal thinking yes. of, of, of yes. the brain because it's it's natural but yes. i think all this is part of the conversations people will start to get with time it will take a long time but people will start to get to learn to listen and uh, yeah that's what i'm going for here is is to try to have the room for that like joe rogan he's a he's an inspiration to me because i think he does it well and that principle of being curious it's as simple as being curious and that's i think what's missing yeah is there's a lack of curiosity like what i was saying with my students you know at, at azusa and i've seen it at a at lmu too but i'm i'm used to uh i was used to lmu so i was able to push back on it although lmu i would say uh, Loyola Marymount over time became more frightened of the students um, and mm -hmm. less supportive of the faculty. Mm -hmm. And um, I think LMU has, has let culture, some popular culture take over what used to be a very powerful educational tradition of the Jesuits. Mm -hmm. Um so I think they have now a business mindset where they want money, but they don't mind if they graduate ignorant people into the society that don't don't yes. have curiosity. And to a certain and I say that with a certain amount of sadness because I spent yes. over a decade there. And mm -hmm. um, you don't do that anymore, no. I'm not at LMU anymore. Um, I'm still friendly with them, and we're on speaking terms. Um, but the LMU, there are people at LMU that hate Republicans, and they have a hatred that is deep, and they wow. do not have conversation. They do not listen. And wow. there, that's not everybody, but there are some people like that. And um, the... At, at Azusa, Azusa is an interesting place. It's a, it's a, it's a tender. I would say it's a tender-hearted school. It's the students are for the most part very kind and gentle people, and um, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit more of a humble school. And I think there's potential there. There's quite a bit of potential at Azusa. I think. I think there is potential at LMU too if they would reconnect a little bit with. Uh, the academic excellent tradition instead of what's popular. Um, but uh, at Azusa, you know, there, 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 there's, like I said, there's, there's the computers and there's the, 
there's um i think there's a little bit of a lack of awareness of of what genuine rigorous curiosity looks like and mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm powerful enough to i don't think i am powerful enough i'll just say i'm not powerful enough there to to influence or yeah or change or... i don't have much control over over things but yeah so then i think it spills out into american politics and the social media too i think that there's a lot of there's a low attention span mm -hmm. and um there's we, i don't think we have the structures in place that we used to which i guess we just kind of took it for granted because there wasn't much competition for for attention i know i know like okay when i was a kid people would wander their thoughts would wander and this is just human nature right people would doodle they would doodle you know they would pass notes in class yeah and and when i was a kid right yeah and you know they wouldn't pay attention you know and that that's just normal that's just people yeah. being people right yeah. but back then there was less competition for your attention right because what did you have to look at? You have to look at the posters on the, on the, on the wall for the thousandth time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe the girl you like, you look at her, but you know, okay. So the, the, it's very small uh, things that are, but with now with, with phones and, and these are competing for, for what you do for homework, right? It used mm -hmm. to be what competes for homework. I go out and play soccer. That's mm -hmm. what competes for homework. I go out and um, uh, maybe TV, you know, that TV was the big thing. Oh, TV, yeah. you know, or maybe talking on the phone or, yeah. or occasionally it might be a book that you really like. That's not for class. <laughs> that, yeah. And that's the best case scenario. Wow. Uh, but now it's like, I don't think my students even read books. I don't think I it would not surprise me if my students have never read a book and they're graduating and my students yeah, do not yeah. know how to do footnotes and they're, they're seniors and they don't know basic things. I mean, they don't know basic grammar. I asked a student recently when we were looking at the first amendment in the constitution and there's this phrase that says the right of the right of the people to petition the government for redress of grievances. So I asked this student, this is a, in a course called the American founding. <laughs> it's a senior level class. It's an upper level class. And I, I asked this student, what is the direct object of petition? What is the subject of the verb and what's the direct object of the verb? I was trying to get her to see that the subject of the verb was the people right? Not the government. The government is not the one that has the right. It's the people that have the right. And the direct object was the government. So the, the people, the phrase, the people and the government are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really basic. In yeah. other words, in other words, the bill of rights is the rights of the people. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so because a lot of people confuse that and they say that it's the right of the government. Like, yeah. For example, in the second amendment, which 
take or leave the second amendment a lot of people don't like guns they're frightened by it i get it you know very loud dangerous objects and but it says right there the right of the people to keep and bear arms it doesn't say the right of the government or the right of the police yeah yeah well anyway she didn't know what i meant by direct object yeah <laughs> and and i, I and I really don't want to shame my students. I don't want to do that because that's counterproductive. You want to encourage the student to have curiosity. You want to um, help the student become better from wherever they are. Mm -hmm. But it strikes me as, you know, like Samra and you, you strike me as ha as coming to the task of learning so much far ahead of my typical American student and my typical American student just doesn't even remember why they're in college mm -hmm. and they don't know why they're there. Mm -hmm. And maybe they've never seen a vision for what it could be or what it's supposed to be, which is mm -hmm. not a torture chamber, but a place of discovery. You know, I mean, I thought about what you said about Emily Dickinson's poem, um, and it remind and what you were saying about nature, uh, and having that religious reaction to that. And that really requires a certain amount of curiosity on your part. And I, I applaud you for that because you are paying attention. You are aware. And it reminds me of John Muir, who's a famous American, uh, John Muir is his name. John Muir is the, one of the, um, he was a, a naturalist, I guess he would say he, his father was a preacher and he had memorized huge chunks of the Bible. And he was famous for saying that the forest is his chapel. Mm -hmm. And, um, he, he was one of the guys that made Yosemite famous Yosemite, uh, not, uh, national park in California, this very dramatic park. And, um, there we have, we have certain parks named after him, like Redwoods. Like if you go, I think it's in San Francisco. If you go North a little bit, there's the Muir, Muir Woods. I forget exactly where they are, but I've been there. And, um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if there's several Redwoods tree stands, those old, those growth. big, big, big trees. Yes, that's yeah. right. And they, yeah. and there's only 5% left. Wow. So if you can imagine when the first settlers came, they, they had, uh, let me get my math right. <laughs> 20 times that many redwoods. Wow. Now there's only 5% left, but, and which breaks my heart. I mean, yeah. just, can you imagine, I can't imagine mm -hmm. coming across something like that, some old forest like that, that's thousands mm -hmm. of years old and think, oh. I'm going to make some furniture. I mean, I, that, that's not the first thing I would think of. I mean, I can understand you need firewood and stuff, but I would cut down the smaller ones, not the no, big no. ones. But um, yeah, it's pretty sad, but I'm glad we still have some so we can see. Oh, yeah. John Muir is his name, M-U-I-R. Okay. And he's okay. a famous guy that said what you were saying. Yeah. Oh, really, really interesting. So yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope that people will get this curiosity back and respect for things because you know in a certain way the way we live now with the influence from social medias and stuff 
we all live in a bubble. Like it's it's a really struggle. I found myself struggling a lot of times because I get influenced and I have to like yeah. take a pause. Like, okay, stop. Me too, yeah. I need to take a break and just find, get my thoughts right, you know, because imagine these young girls, for example, and young boys nowadays, there's barely no difference because they all live in an imaginary world where they all, they all want to have to be a Jennifer Lopez or, you know, they have these ideals, they have to be or you're nothing, you know, I, I, I I even heard of uh, my daughter's in my daughter's uh, school mm-hmm. she's in fourth grade mm-hmm. i i and we get those uh, letters from the teacher and uh, sometimes there's uh like bullying going on in certain social medias for example oh. snapchat or whatever oh. you know there's actually bullying going on outside oh the school so just imagine that I just can't imagine that, that one aspect i cannot like, imagine that for you 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 were looking at a picture or maybe playing football and now like you, you maybe you're a kid struggling in school and even after school you have to find yourself in a group on a social media with people that's horrible yeah that is so complicated i mean see that's why i like the westerns because yeah. There were the bullies in the Western and the bullies yeah. at the in school. Everybody knew who the bullies in school were and they want your lunch money. They, yeah. you know, give me your milk money. Um, there's a film, there's an American film called my bodyguard. If you got, if you got to find this film, I All have right. it on, I have it on DVD. So okay. I found, I found it in a used bookstore, but it's like 1983. It's totally old school. Okay. And it's about bullying in high school. It's about, I think it's high school. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's a great film. It's like a Western, except for it's in the city. All right. And uh, yeah. So anyway. Um, my bodyguard. My bodyguard. Yeah. I have to write this down. Yeah. It's good. It's a good, it's a classic film. I don't think it's very well known, but it's a very gritty film. And it's about bullying and, and, and that's how it used to be. And and as tough as it was, as scary as it was, it wasn't as complicated as for these kids as getting made fun of behind your back where so many people can see and there's the humiliation. That's a whole other aspect that I don't think their brains are ready for that. Yeah. They have not developed that, that kind of complicated and I, I don't know what kind of damage that does to kids. Yeah. It's yeah. scary. And and then por- and pornography really? too. I mean, like when I was a kid, I never saw pornography ever. I mean, every once in a while you'd be walking through a field and you'd see uh, a part of a magazine that had been rained on for three days. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you could kind of make out what it was. It's a naked yep. lady, obviously. And that's all it was. And yep. now that's all. And so my thoughts were clean, relatively clean. I mean, you know, obviously a kid, but yeah. I did not have images in no. my mind or sounds or whatever. I didn't have that. I was, yep. I had a clean shot. And so my, my thoughts and my habits were yeah. directed toward, 
other things like sports or you know mm -hmm. I, I was obsessed with knives for a while mm -hmm. and i animals i loved wolves you know and and survival stuff and and i you know i mean i i can't imagine having those kind of things in your mind and your soul and and having that kind of low attention for other things else that that and then also it seems like it would for these kids affect how they relate with each other and how they relate to the opposite sex and how they how they view just how they are in life and and, and to me that so in terms of marriage in terms of having kids in terms of it doesn't surprise me that students seem to not be interested in just having a family and like when I ask my students, what's your, what are your aspirations in life? And I'm very, I listen very carefully. You never hear the students say, I want to have a nice family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that would be the normal answer for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and, and so they have no concept of, of what this is brand new in human mm -hmm. existence. What, mm -hmm. what, what could possibly go wrong, <laughs> you know? And you know, no wonder depression and anxiety and despair and isolation and loneliness, because the family was always there. Like your grandfather, he looked at you, he looked at his grandkids and look at how much joy he had and the tears of joy, right? He wasn't sad. He wasn't, it doesn't like Mirza came in and he was like, oh, Mirza, I'm that, so that embarrassed, so sad. <laughs> No, it was the opposite, right? He, it was joy. Yeah. Like, look at what I have, this treasure. And, and by the way. Came from me. Uh-huh. And by the way, it was our grandfather and his brother, too. They were always giving us love. Like, his brother, my grandfather's brother, because he also lived with us, wow. he treated us like his grandkids. He treated us like his grandkids. So to what give you an resource. example, wow. to give you an example, imagine you have this relatively big house and there's a wall right here. Yeah. So this wall is connected to the same house, but kind of the, the other part of the house, if that makes sense, you mm -hmm. know? So the back, so, the, the house were built like back to back. Exactly. Like this. I see. I see. Okay. Back yeah yeah exactly and so what we did was we opened up the wall there and we created a, a a door so we could just directly go into my grandfather's brother's house you know and wow. our brother mirza knows this story our brother had this tendency he would sneak into their house we're talking about a five-year-old wow. kid he would sneak into their house <laughs> he would secretly open their refrigerator and he would grab a few pieces of this salami that they had, this beef salami, that chicken salami, excuse me, that they had, pasteta e salama. I remember that. So oh, wow. he would have these, this chicken salami. And, you know, I imagine my brother kind of like quickly took a few bites and maybe he <laughs> left like his, his the, the, the trace of his teeth in there, you know. And so my grandfather's brother would come in very tall guy with his cane he would come in and he would say guys i have to tell you something we had an invasion of a small mouse last night and we're looking for him 
we don't know where to find him, but I'm looking for him. And when I get him, I'm going to catch you with this cane. You know, of course, uh, all of it jokingly. My brother funny. can really attest to that. You know, uh, my mom would tell me, go to the other side and read a little bit for his wife, because his wife was bedridden for a while. You know, she had some health issues and stuff. So, so, you know, you, you can't help but have some some sympathy for these young people that are growing up today, you know, because many of them were never, never got to experience this. But believe me when I tell you, in a weird way, they're aware that there's something missing. They don't know exactly what it is, That's but right. they know that there's That's something good. missing. Yeah. Think about, trust me on this. Think about next time you see young people who are completely obsessed with dogs and cats. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I have nothing against cats and dogs, but this love for cats yeah. and dogs, I yeah. know it's not normal, but I know yes. what it is. They know something else is missing. The That's love right. of a human being is missing. Uh, so they become obsessed with the dog. They dress up the dog. They sleep with the dog. They have the cat. They cry yeah. when something happens. Yeah. It's not normal. You know, it's not normal. Right. Uh, my brother can attest. Yeah. Our grandmother had two cats. You know, nobody could touch her cats. The cats could come in the, the house and everything. But it was never this abnormal no. love for cats. It right. was like, oh, come here, cat. Yeah. I pet you and stuff, but I don't like, yeah. I'm not obsessed with you. I right. don't have these protests now, for you and stuff, you know? like No, no, no. Go strange, catch a mouse. Know? Go catch exactly. a mouse. Make yourself exactly. useful. You know, you know. Exactly. Some days she she would have the cats and like cuddle with them, and some days she was she was chasing them around the house like goddamn cats get out <laughs> get out of the house yes exactly exactly so yeah, so you know you makes sense. you mu you must on a deeper level you must have a little bit of understanding and sympathy for this younger sure. generation because it must be really really tough now. Maybe yeah. it sounds like I'm contradicting myself to a certain extent, because remember earlier when we were talking about criminals, I said, and I say it again, when you do something, when you hurt, especially honorable people, hardworking people, when you are doing destructive things to someone else, I know for a fact that you know what you're doing. You know that it's wrong. You know that you shouldn't be doing this, but you're still choosing to do it. That's different than a young person who's going through this very bizarre phase of our human existence right. and is con connected to these gadgets. And all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. a picture is taken of you and millions of people have access to that picture. And you don't even know what that means. Or maybe sure, you're a baby yeah. that's growing up with a mom and a dad that constantly are pointing a a phone in your face because you're cute and they have an Instagram account with your images and videos. And that's bizarre. That's super bizarre. You know, my mm. brother can attest. We had this one guy in our village, Mila. Yes. And he was the only guy who had access to a camera. So mm. I would say some of the best pictures that we have to this day were taken by this guy you know people started inviting him like please you know man take care take a picture of my kids you know and take a picture of my grandma and grandpa in the background or hey blah blah blah. you know that was our access to pictures when we were kids mm. okay so i guarantee you that right now if we could talk to a bunch of people from our village 
they would they would agree man thank god for mila's camera you know he had the camera and he took pictures of us he captured that little moment there that now you look at that picture and you're like oh oh my god i'm so wow. happy this picture exists yes but please right, professor right. you know today with the camera all you can take thousands of pictures and when your phone runs out of space don't worry just ch check all of them delete them and let's start from the beginning i mean it's this endless endless you know or or when we were kids you shared those moments with people you loved people you knew people you were comfortable with like oh bring me my album you know yeah come on sit down let me show you and so you show these pictures you know who you're showing these pictures to you know the person today mm -hmm. even if your account is private people can take a screenshot and they can share it with other people Although you're choosing not to share it with someone that you don't know technically because your account yeah. is private, right? So it's true. It's a very, very strange, strange, bizarre world. But yeah. as an educator, I still think it's very important to have these conversations more important than ever with our students, with our young people to mm -hmm. have these conversations. It's our responsibility to be strong and to share these memories from our childhood and remind them that, you know what? It's good in many ways that you're growing up like this because you have access to so many things that we didn't have when we were kids. But also be aware of all the dangers that exist out there, all the illusions that exist out there. And I think the good news is more and more youngsters are realizing it very early on. I don't even think they hit mid-20s before they start to realize that void, that emptiness. And that's where you have yeah. people like Jordan Peterson, thank God, who have come into the lives of all these young people, telling them like, hey, man, hold on a second. You're going away from what really matters in life, you know, family, right. marriage, kids, purpose meaning no you kidding. know so so there um, are there is good news you know even though it sounds horrific when we put it this way i still think as human beings there's something within us that shows up and you have no idea what it is until you start listening to let's say people like jordan peterson or sam harris or oh god there are so many 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 great sure. educators out there who remind you of what really, really matters. And so mm. even though going back to what you said about LMU or many other colleges, I honestly, as much as it saddens me that it's happening, I understand why it's happening. Because any educator, any professor will tell you more and more students are deciding, I don't give a damn about school. I don't even want to go to school. Right. But why? How do, well, I don't have to because I'm a TikToker and I have <laughs> 5 million followers and I'm making money like that. Do you, we cannot ignore that reality because it's a reality. Yeah. You know, um, I remember b recently Bill Maher did a special on it, uh, you know, where he's, he was talking about this, like, you know, when I was young, but you had to work hard before you could you could um, retire right. and blah, blah, blah. And I remember listening to that and thinking to myself, 
I get where you're coming from, but yeah. the reality is different today. And I think that's good. Let, let me just tell you why I think it's good. If you can retire at 25 instead of 65, why not? Yeah, <laughs> What's of course. The pro- What's the problem with that? That's beautiful. That's, That's what rich phenomenal. people do. <laughs> so you shouldn't discourage our young kids from doing that. You know, imagine if our great, great grandfathers or I don't know, our grandparents or our parents could have retired much earlier. They could have had more time with their kids, with their grandkids, all of that, you know, but kids today have that opportunity. And I think that's great. I really do. I think it's great. Okay, I think it's great. Now, just like everything else in life, even those things that are great for you, you have to use them with caution. You have to have a balance. Yeah? So I still I still see lots of great news in the midst of this chaos. I really do. I genuinely do. You know, let me use you as an example. I'm so happy that you have this platform. Personally, I hope you decide to do, to pre-record courses and sell them online because the wow. va- the knowledge that I gained in your classes was one of the best knowledge in my life. I know it changed me for the better. I know it helped me to become a much more critical thinker, to look at things from a completely different perspective, to exercise my logic. Even though you stop and you look at this sad side of technology and we become so kind of discouraged. It's very important to remember there are millions and millions of people out there who are dying for knowledge and they want to hear your expertise, for example. And guess what? There are so many platforms out there where that's a possibility. So You're so right, but that's a total different thing. You know, technology is fantastic. Of course, but like you say, you have to, you have to use it right because you could just end up like you have to be, you have to know again how we function because you can see yourself end up every day and reading, watching a videos. It's right. because you can just that's how you, how we work. We can just end up and like. And then the, the half life has passed, and uh, you you get uh, you start wondering what what did I do with my life? And yeah. so of course it's this this is a powerful it's a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the other day, I was thinking like with all these uh, Elon Musk tweets and uh, all <laughs> the you know it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting because even here. Again, you have to be very cautious because, you know, like when I say something, in my opinion, when I some, say something, it's an opinion because I'm just Mirza. Right. <laughs> when he, a powerful person like him, says something, it becomes a truth. Mm. And uh, people has to be aware of this as well. Uh, and... Uh, Come to your own views, in other words. Don't yeah. just read it yeah. and think, oh, it's true. Yeah. yeah. But in a sense, it, that's in a sense, it's always been that way. If you really have a, if you have, if you yeah. stop and you have that honest dialogue with yourself, you realize, my God, it's always been that way. 
Think about the U.S., think about the southern states in the United States in the 60s, 50s, when you had the segregation. And, you know, you, let's say, you might have been a person in your family where you're like, man, I don't care that this person is black. I still want to be friends with him, let's say. But you were drowning by that pressure that was put upon you sure by parents or family members who did not know any better who were taught themselves that way okay and so you were put in this very uncomfortable situation where it's like oh my god i know my family has weird views but i still love them i'm connected to them through blood through genes you know but i also don't want to be this messed up person you know that's like treating someone like crap just because they're black for example right. right so i in that sense i thought the whole little rock nine you know when i read about that i was so moved by that you know because if you look at what the little rock nine was you had these nine black students who basically were sick and tired of like walking far to school and they were like well listen legally I can actually go to this school. I'm allowed by law. The, the United States law allows me to go to this school. So I'm going to go to this school. So these nine students decided, well, we're going to go to this all white school. We're going to integrate ourselves. Obviously, they received a ton of backlash. I mean, the National Guards were sent to like try to stop these kids from walking into this school. And honestly, if you like zoom in on these kids, Unless you don't have a heart in your body, like you see that these are just like anybody else's kids. They are just kind, normal kids who want to go to school because they have the right to go to school. They received a ton of backlash. Many people were angry. Many people wanted to stop them. But in the middle of all this, you also had those few individuals who were like, would you like to share my book? Would you like to sit next to me? How? How is that possible? When you're living in that climate where people are so heavily brainwashed by a certain belief that isn't right, just like people are brainwashed today by this belief of social media, it's everything, I should be this way, I should be that way. So that's how I see it. You know, people may agree with me, may disagree with me, but I feel like you can go back many, many years in history and find these situations where it was our responsibility to stand up, to be our own thinker, you know? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I see this as good news. You know why? Because it doesn't mean that these gadgets have completely corrupted us, you know? I think we've been corrupt for a while now, you know, just <laughs> in different, in different ways, you know, in different ways. So individual thinking I believe is still very important. You must exercise your own brain. But how can you exercise your own brain? If don't go talk to them, don't listen to them, turn off the television when he talks, turn on the television when he talks. How? How? You know, not not possible. You know, very I'm difficult. able, I yeah. voted Democrat. I'll be honest with you, I voted Democrat in the last. Every time I've had the chance to vote in this country, I voted Democrat. Does that mean I'm obsessed with Democrats? Does that mean I look at our current president and I agree with everything? Absolutely not. But I'll tell you one thing. Out of respect for this beautiful flag, <laughs> I will never talk shit about the current president. I will not. I will criticize him, keeping my words in mind. 
Trump. I didn't support Trump. I will criticize him keeping my words in mind for the respect of this country, you know, mm -hmm. for the respect of this country. And we're losing this because we're because we're joining these tribes and we're not interested in exercising our own thinking anymore. You know, like, is it possible for me to have a conversation with someone who's on the complete opposite of the spectrum? I'm down. I'm super down. Honestly, I'd love to have a conversation. And at the end of the day, maybe I'll hear something where I'm like, you know what? That's a great point. May, right. may I give you an, a sure. direct example? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was teaching a class about um, the, the topic of homeschooling came up. And I realized I've actually never, ever <laughs> thought about the concept of homeschooling. You know? Actually, when you listen to the fundamental ideas behind homeschooling, it's not so bad, you know, <laughs> it's not so bad. Right. Look what happened during the pandemic. Yeah. Many parents no all of a sudden couldn't leave the house. They had to stay more at home. And many right. of them, I have several friends who realized after the pandemic, man, I love spending time with my family. <laughs> I like being able to cook food for my yeah. kids. I, you know, I like doing this. So some of them decided, you know what? I want to be more involved with my child's education. I think I want my kid to be homeschooled. But you know, okay. you know, uh -huh. this, this is important to talk about because if you think, you can think in a thousand ways, but if you think, for example, think all through humanity, all the wars, all the suffering, all the diseases, everything we went through, and we are here, right. we are heritage. And what are we doing with it? Right. What are we doing with it? Are we just wasting wasting it? We have to, I think, in my opinion, everyone who has a platform to 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 influence, I think they have they have a responsibility to talk about this, you know, to talk about the importance of of life and be able to say like okay guys everything okay it's great to have a new shirt it's great to have all these new pants that's good but let's not forget what's important also and be able to talk about it absolutely and enjoy absolutely. it and, uh, right right because in my opinion again i think i see a pattern for example here in sweden i i listen to a lot of podcasts and Famous people, you know, who had a long career, made a lot of money. And I, in my opinion, again, I, I say, uh, when they get the question, what do you re regret in life? They all come to the same conclusion. They all say, I wish I had spent more time with my family, for example. Wow. wow. You know? Yeah. And that's, I think, life hits you fast. One day, you're just wondering, wow, man, where did it go? And what did Absolutely. I do? What matters? What matters? Absolutely. Absolutely. So now, now, for example, in my case, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, because we spent the whole time when our children was uh, going to kindergarten and everything, we were home all the time. Mm. Either me or my wife, either one of us was always home and 
the kids uh, that this I wouldn't change if for no money in the world, you know, because I feel now that it it gave me a lot, mm. and I can see that it gave them a lot, you know, because I see wow. some people they leave their their children like five six in the morning, they go to work, both parents, they come back home five six night, mm-hmm. pick up the kids, make some food, go again tomorrow, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. so. At some point with this life, it will hit you. And whatever you do, whatever money you make, it mm-hmm. will be worthless in the end. And, and, all, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, those same friends that you have that leave their kids six in the morning, if you live in a Western country, I guarantee you, I'll bet $1,000 that they don't necessarily even have to do that. No. You know, they could actually have a fairly simple life you know, and spend more time with their kids. But again, what happens? Lack of awareness. These things that you're never even thinking about are actually running your life. You're like, oh, but I have, I need that car. I need (laughs) that house. I need that, you know, but honestly, at the end of the day, many people would, would genuinely tell you, I don't need it. And, and listen, I think that's what the pandemic, that was the genius of the pandemic, because so many people were forced into this situation where it's it's in their mind, in their head, it looked like a nightmare before the pandemic. Like, what? I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to go to work. Oh, my God, I'm going to work from home. That was just like, you don't even think about that. But the pandemic forced us to stop. And then you're like, oh my God, this works. This works really well. So I'm actually going to do this, you know, I'm going to do this full time. So also, again, going back to our conversation, everybody's right. I think in this group, there's so much to be concerned about, you know, with the technology, with our kids, their attention spam, all of it, a hundred percent. But I also think technology has brought many great things in our lives, many options that we never had before. I'll give you an example. Going back to what you said about LMU, so many institutions feel the pressure, like students are leaving the schools. They don't want to waste their money anymore. They don't want to pay for the school. They feel like, man, with many of them feel like with all these resources, just driving to work or whatever, I can listen to a podcast and learn so much more than in an actual school, for example. Number one. Number two, you have all this censorship in schools today. You're not allowed to say this. You're not allowed to say that. Yep. How am I going to learn anything? So That's people right. are checking out. They're like, Uh, I don't even want to be a part of this anymore. Now, imagine, Mm -hmm. had we not had technology, people, intellectuals, and I'm using just one example here, like Jordan Peterson would have been stuck in that, you know, small classroom influencing all those students. Thank God now he's influencing millions and millions and millions of people around the world. His books are being translated into all these different languages Thank God for that. That if that had not been, if it had not been for technology, that would not have been a possibility. Right. Period. Period. Sure. Okay. So there are, I we can't forget that mm-hmm. I hate to use this word, but degenerates have always been around. Degenerates <laughs> have always been around. And now they have a platform. Now sure. they have a platform, you know? So you can't. 
forget all the great things that have come to us through technology, you know, because of the way the generates use technology. You cannot, you know, absolutely not. You know, in my opinion, we can disagree, but it's, I recommend it, you know, I really sure. do. You got, in well, other words, go into it with open eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And stay well, hopeful. Always stay hopeful because when you lose hope, you know, that's the thing, as cliche as it sounds, when you lose hope, that's when it's like, what's the point? Right. What's the point? You know, right. I was literally having this raw conversation with one of my great friends last night, you know, to tell you the truth, he was crying. I was crying, you know, because wow. he's here with his brother and sister. They are, you know, basically they escaped Venezuela because they their parents were basically starving in Venezuela. So it was like either they come here to help their parents to, to survive somehow or they stay over there and they all starve together, basically, you know. So to give you an example, his sister is a doctor. Imagine you're a doctor in Venezuela and then you come here and you're you're working at like gas stations and stuff, you know, and you are just as grateful for it, you know, because at least pays the bills you're able to help your parents long story short their wow. mom unfortunately passed away recently and so i was talking to him about it yesterday you know and he was in venezuela broken. she she died yes, in venezuela yes in venezuela and you know they couldn't even attend the funeral all that stuff you know really horrible things so hmm. my heart was absolutely broken for him last night you know wow and so i was he was very broken and he let it all out and i said yes man let it out cry you must cry you can't keep this inside of you but you cannot lose hope because look what your mom left behind. She left behind four amazing kids. You guys are such good kids. You guys are such hard workers. You must be strong for your mom. That doesn't mean you can't cry. That doesn't mean you don't let the, the sadness out. You let it out, but you must keep going because, you know, he was sharing with me. I'm broken. I, I suddenly there is no purpose in my life. No, wow. don't go there. Don't go there. You can never go there. You know, wow. darkness is there to destroy the human spirit. You can't allow that, you know. So I know I'm using kind of a dramatic example here, but it's easy to feel discouraged but, in general in life by many things, you know. Yeah, it's interesting as well because darkness as well is a part of life. Exactly. exactly. And in this simple life, as we were talking about before, like the Western life, for example, the cruelty of life is a natural part of it, and you accept it. And we all know that one day we have to face the truth. So, yes. but now I think as well, one aspect of, of today's is like, you know, we don't, we don't want to face the truth many times. We just want, it's a way to escape the real life and the truth. So, but it's Absolutely. not all as dark as... Uh, there's yeah. many things in life and there's so much to appreciate as well. So yes, are, yes. Are your parents think, still alive? Both yeah. of your parents? Yeah, yes. They uh -huh. are still alive. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they both are in Sweden? Yeah. Okay. Do they live close to you? Oh yeah. Yeah, they live like five minutes from here. So yes. oh that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So your kids know their the grandparents. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And how close that, are your siblings? That makes me really happy, you know, because yeah. yeah. Sure. That, we're that, super close. 
we're that's, super close that joy you know that's uh -huh. really and and do they live close to you the 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 sisters and brother yeah you have two they're, brothers right they're they're around here as well pretty close pretty close yeah. okay in Uppsala and around here yeah so but they usually come over like every weekend or something you know so they're everyone's there i'm the only one that's like really far from the field, yeah you know uh-huh so and just to just to because of technology like my right. sister thing i had been able to 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 talk with my sister every day through through the phone and through facetime mm -hmm. and stuff with my kids so oh they, that's cool you know they spend time with her every day without mm -hmm. being there physically so mm -hmm. that's thanks to technology so yes. yeah do your kids yes. know albanian and serbian can they understand I, you? I speak only Serbian with them because uh, oh, wow. no, I I don't I I want to give them the opportunity to. The, I only speak Serbian with them. They answer in Swedish, but they understand uh -huh. everything. And okay, I could see when we went there for the first time. My daughter started to talk. You know, she she has the language inside. Okay. So, she in you fact, could you could switch it up. You could say, okay, I want you to respond in serbian but i'm going to speak yeah. in swedish or yeah. or english if you want yeah and in fact she picked up the she phone looked. when i called the other day she picked up the phone and she started speaking to me in in our language oh. uh you know so it's it's really cool and and honestly i think anyone who's listening to this right now i actually i don't think it does it really doesn't matter how old someone is or where they're at in their life. I really believe even if you have 10 more years to live, it's still not too late to turn things around. That's how I see it. That's mm. how I will always see it, you know, because, hey, life uh, life is kind of like a tumble, you know, it, mm -hmm. it, it shakes you up and things don't go as planned. Things don't go as planned. Some people, I should say, things don't, don't go as planned always. Some right. people are like super lucky and things just kind of really work out really well. And that's great. But even for those that everything works out really well, there are other things that they're struggling with. You know, that's how I see life. You know, there's truly, there's nothing to ponder on. There's nothing to beat yourself up about. It's like, oh, but why didn't I do it? You didn't do it, man. You didn't know any better. It's okay. Do it now. Try it now. You know, turn around now do whatever it is that you're trying to do little by little you know and i know it sounds easier said than done but i think that's the right way to live your life like never ever kill hope when you kill hope what's the point there's nothing left there must always be hope you know and if someone is listening and no longer has their parents around be grateful that you had them you know you had them they had to go. We all have to go one day. You know, you must be strong. You know, I was reading this book the other day. Uh, I don't remember how many times I wrote it down somewhere, but apparently these three words, be not afraid, be not afraid, are mentioned like a ton of times throughout the Bible. You know, be not afraid, be not afraid. And I was yes. like, man, that's true. Like, that's true. Be not afraid. No matter what comes your way, be not afraid. Face it, you know, deal with it. It's going to be so awful and heart-wrenching. You know, I was listening to this speech that they were sentencing this guy who was went to a school and shot up all these kids, you know, and 
the father who is originally from Venezuela, one of those kids was giving a speech. You know, I listened to this dad and my eyes didn't blink throughout the entire speech, you know, because I think it was the most stoic speech I've ever heard in my life. You know, his kid is gone, man. You know, his kid was taken so unjustly, so unfairly, you know, mm. and he's so full of rage and he's so full of anger and he, oh my God, righteously so. And he's also oh, so man. full of love for his kid that he loved so much, but he's so stoic, you know, and I was, uh, I swear, I'm never going to forget this father, you know, like I was looking and I was thinking to myself, that's it. Be not afraid. He's, mm. he's not afraid. His child was sacrificed in this tragedy, but he's not afraid. He's making some kind of a difference. You know, he's he right now, hundreds and thousands of people are hearing him. And for some reason, he's getting to them. You know, he's he's giving them hope. He's giving them strength. And unfortunately, his child had to die in the process. And now this is happening. He's very strong. He's sharing this with the world, you know. Make, so, you know, yeah. Makes me it's me think about this old Albanian song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A mother, it's an old Albanian mm -hmm. song. It's like heartbreaking, but mm -hmm. and a mother sings to, to her son because the saying is that I think it was like this, that it was a wedding and uh, the mother was, uh, her son was uh, getting married and he went to the stables to, to attend the horses and one horse kicked him and he died instantly. And his mother found him. And now the song is about the mother founding him there on the ground and her being strong and not wanting to interrupt the, the guests, you know, the, the moment of joy and, and the feet. But she, she, she kept strong and uh, she she attended the wedding and uh, when everything was done she she took care of the son but it's a story of you know like being strong courage courage stoicism lack of lack of selfishness you know imagine this mother that's the story that's how the story goes she's in, she's preparing for her son's wedding come on even in America, that's one of the happiest days of, of a parent's life, you know, to prepare for a child's wedding. And on that day, her son gets kicked by this horse in the stable and dies instantly. And now the mother has all these guests outside who are singing and dancing. They're celebrating her son. But she knows that her son is dead in the stable. And so the song is about her strength her her making the decision right then and there that she's going to be strong because even though he's gone this is his day you know and whether this happened or not i mean the lesson is very powerful you know very powerful think about some of the most important things that jordan peterson talks about what does he say what is he known for be the strongest guy at your father's funeral that's what he says be the strongest person at your father's funeral you know, and he, he talks about this in his documentary that a young boy from Norway, out of all the places in the world, a young boy in Norway sent him a letter hmm. saying that his father passed unexpectedly 
and that he thinks he would have been completely broken and completely lost if he had not read Jordan Peterson's book and wow. came across that sentence that says, be the strongest person on your father's funeral. And he decided to apply that to his wow. father's funeral and be the strongest person for everybody else. Doesn't mean you have no feelings. This is where people misunderstand it. Like, shut up, don't cry, don't show your feelings. That's not at all what they're saying. You know, that's what I was saying to my friend yesterday. Dude, cry. Come on, man, cry. It's okay. You must cry. That's normal. But you also have to be strong. Don't give up now. Don't go to the darkness now. You know, that's not the life your mom wanted for you. So you have to continue to be strong afterwards, you know, and to tell you the truth, this is one thing I really like about the Islam, the Islamic religion, you know, because it commands its people that after a loved one dies, you have four days to grieve and then you must return to normality. Very helpful. Think about that. It's nice four to have a, days. it's nice to have a number. You know, it's you nice have to four have days, yeah, yeah. you know, think about that, you know, so but, get but it out, does it mean... get it all out. Exactly. Make sure it's okay. You do uh -huh. need to get it out and then move on. Uh -huh. yeah. Exactly. You see, but, but with that heavy pain, with that heavy broken heart, think about it. Does it really literally mean four days? Okay. Four days. It's up. Come on now. Laugh. No, but it means this person is gone. But what about all the other people that are left? Right, right. You know, what do you we do now? still have obligations. Yeah. Exactly. And I find a lot of strength in that. I really do. I think it's something important for us to remember. And, uh, you know, I can tell you my biggest fear is something happening to my parents, you know, but I'm so grateful I have amazing parents. I'm so grateful for everything they've given to me, you know? So instead of withering away with those thoughts, no, take advantage of your parents now. You know, I have some of the greatest conversations with my dad every day, you know, wow. every single day. I don't care how busy I get. My mom and my dad will get a call from me. I don't care. Even if it's 20 minutes, Wow. call you guys tomorrow. Love you guys. You know, okay. And then tomorrow, maybe we'll have a two hour conversation or whatever. Wow. You know? Yes. You, you, again, you can't be ungrateful, be grateful, wow. you know? I once had a student from Saudi Arabia, you know, and he said this, you know, because even in America, I'm sorry, there's an obsession and that's where I can feel a bit, a bit, I can have a lot of sympathy for women, for example, there's an obsession. I think you have to have kids at a certain age. You have to get married at a certain age, this and that, you know, and I think many women feel that pressure where it's like, I want to have kids. I want to get married, but maybe for whatever reason, she's not ready yet. Right. You know? And so there's like this, there's this, uh, almost a jet, there's this calendar, you know, like by this year, I must do this <laughs> by that year. I must do that. And da, 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 you know, or your family, yeah. my kids must go to this school and they do da, 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 you know, so right. it's always, it's the human mind always tormenting us with all these things that we must do. Right. But this guy, this student that I had once, I'll never forget what he said. He said, you know what? My mom and dad had really a really difficult time having kids. And finally, they were able at a much older age to have me. Mm. And as a teenager, you know, I basically was the only kid who had a dad that's like 
almost eight years old, you know? And he's like, I see the other kids, they're out there playing with their dad on the field, soccer field and blah, blah, blah. And what's the first human thought? Like, oh, look at them. But look at me, you know? And I was so impressed by the way this kid completely turned it around. He's like, I never thought that. Said, I was grateful that I have a father, you know? And I was like, man, that's genius right there. You're grateful you have a father. Okay, what if you had, what if a father had kids at a young age? And then God forbid this father had some kind of accident or something and suddenly can't move anymore. You know, there, there's so many things that can happen that can go right. wrong in life. You can never guarantee that things are going to go the way you want them to go, you know, but right. if you're trying good for you, but it's not always going to go the way you want it to go. You know what I mean? So man, just practice more gratitude, you know, be grateful for what you have strive for a better life. I, don't hold that against anybody. But I think sometimes people become so negative, like negative Nancy's, because they're so obsessed with everything that they don't have. And it's unfair that I don't have it and they have it and blah, blah, blah. But think about everything you have. Think about everything you have. For Mind, example, mindset you know, is very important. Really important. It's not yeah. the easiest thing in the world, but it's important, you know? So that's right. the way I look at it, you know? It's like, yeah. Yeah, to be honest, your, your parents are too, very, you know? your parents are very lucky too. I mean, they're, they, they have the daughter that lives far away, but always calls and always stays in touch. And guess what? Very, guess you, what? That's the a gift daughter, to your parents. The daughter has worked so hard <laughs> to make certain things happen here in America that you can only make happen here in America. Sometimes it feels like, you know, mm -hmm. that very soon I'll be able to literally purchase a one ticket, one way ticket and go and stay with my parents as long as I want to stay. You know, if I, How cool. if I awesome. worked for maybe a company or whatever, they need you back. You have to yeah. understand they need you, you back. Are. You are limited by that. And that's also thanks to technology, you know, like in yeah. my case, thanks to technology. So everything has its time. You gotta like, are you working hard? Are you... <laughs> You know, those words, those two words, work hard, very controversial words, you know, like it's not just work hard. You also have to work smart. Do you right. have a plan? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to execute? You right. know, and that's where my brother, I'm super close to all my siblings, but especially to my brother Mirza, like we're basically, he's one of my best friends, you know, we talk wow. a lot about business together. You know, we talk oh, about wow. how he can tell you. Everything. He's, he's a he vice president of Maverick Lingo. <laughs> he's the he's the co-founder of Maverick Lingo, man. You know, oh, like wow. last he can attest. Last time I was at his home, it was the day before I was getting ready to leave to come back to America. We were sitting in in his kitchen, and he was telling me, "You should try this. You should try that. You should." Everything we talk about this. Everything he said to do, I've done it. I've done it. Wow! But you have to come back. And you have to put yourself together and you have to have a plan and then you have to execute that plan. Sure. That's what it is. So it's not just work hard, work hard. What do you mean work hard? That's if right. You don't even have a plan. You don't even know what you're doing. Right. You know? Yeah. And going back to technology, how many things had my brother knows? I had no idea how to do it. But mm -hmm. you go on YouTube, you watch a couple of videos and boom. 
you're able to do it. You know, you, you know how to do it. Oh, I can apply this to my courses. I can apply this to my students. You start as some type of company and you have one, one person and then you grow that to 100,000 people or 500,000 people, you know? That's what I'm talking about here, you know? So if you sit at home and feel sorry for yourself and I only focus on the distance, I don't get to see my family, blah, blah, blah. That's when you go in that rut. I don't want that, Yeah, you know? Instead, take advantage of technology and you see your parents right. every, I, man, I cook sometimes and my dad is on video and I show him the food. And By you're talking way, Serbian? You... Are you talking yes. Serbian at the time? Yes. Oh, wow. By the way, do you know what we, what we called my dad when he was here in the U.S.? All my friends loved my dad, you know, so. You called, you has... called your dad, all my friends loved my dad? No, no, no. But, but let me name. tell you this, the, the back story. You're going to love oh, okay. this. They loved him so much and he's always. Food is everything to him. He has quite a big stomach too, you know? So <laughs> his name in our language is Yusuf, you know? But in America, oh, really? that's equivalent to Joseph. Joseph so yeah. everybody was calling him Joseph here when he when they were here visiting. And so my friends and I, we were joking. We called him Big Joe because his stomach <laughs> was this big and he was always ready to cook some food for my friends. So we were calling him Big Joe, you know? Uh -huh. My friends were like, where's Big Joe? I'm like, come on in, man. Big Joe is cooking, you know? Oh, wow. So that That's was awesome. the, the nickname that we had for my dad when he was, when my mom and dad were here for a month. Um, when I graduated from LMU, so they were present at my graduation, actually. Oh, you know? that's cool. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, you're an inspiration you know? to me because you're a entrepreneur in California and California, I think is a particularly tough place to be a business owner and entrepreneur. And you took, you know, you, you, um, you, you made your own business, you know, and you, 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 you made it, you made something that's yours. And mm -hmm. that's amazing to me. Yes. That you're able to figure out technology and figure out all the bells and whistles and the mm -hmm. regulations and the laws and everything, mm -hmm. the accounts, the business accounts, everything. Yes, everything. It's amazing. Everything. And there's, thanks to technology, imagine, imagine that back in the day when there was no technology, probably people had to take courses. They had to go to learn, to learn from someone. Now you have all these youtube channels yeah. where people will teach you how to do this how to do that but, how to but, use this you know sure but the what i've noticed is then that that also contributes to a low attention span sometimes because people are so overwhelmed right like when i was a kid i had the field right i just walked through the field you know, there's not a lot of, there's a tree over there there's birds there's you know maybe uh there's li there's library books but it you know you have to pick up the book it weighs something you you feel it in your hand you have to turn the pages there's not much there right competing but now you just imagine it's overwhelming like which video do i watch uh how do i know that how do i know who to talk to who to listen to and that's the thing about all the podcasts and stuff is that there's so much out there that it's overwhelming and I think people tend to get shut down a bit. So it true. has that it has that I agree true. because because there's too much input. There's we, too much, yeah. We all agree. 
And we're not disciplined enough to know uh, what to exclude and what to keep. Be very disciplined to to have to, to master it, but you'd have to have the right mentor great. too. I think it's good, but also the input. Just just open a newspaper. Oh, it's yeah. only the news. Right. Hundred other things from the flash mm. going into the mind and. Sure. All the things happening around you, so it's mm -hmm. too much, literally too much. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, I agree. I think I, agree. I know. I know the title of this episode. The title will be something like that. I think the theme is the simple life. Yeah, the simple mm -hmm. life is what we keep coming back to. Yeah, uh, I would. Uh, did you did you guys see the the movie um, Into the Wild? Yes. Yes. And for me. Like I love it because Very I love powerful. it. Uh, it's a guy, yeah. You've seen it, and it's a guy that has everything mm -hmm. in terms of material. Rich parents never attended, uh, and he decides like, what is this? I don't want this. He gives mm -hmm. away everything, and he starts walking on this <laughs> journey. He makes like he lives a life that yeah. people usually usually wouldn't live in hundred years. Right. What mm -hmm. What he when he travels through 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 these places and the people he meets the the story he 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 shares and ends up in a lone place and dies alone. Yes. Oh, so it's it's really tragic and it it's is really sad. Sad and and sad. and as well, it's it's uh, it has a beautiful side as well. R so. Romantic and sad, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> True, but just to push back a little bit on that, just to push back a little bit on that, it's such a phenomenal example that you brought up. Why? Because to me, that movie represents the opposite of both spectrums. So this is very fundamental over here, and this is also very fundamental over here. So let's yes, say right. you have everything. You have this beautiful house, blah, 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 but there's, you're still not really quite finding that meaning or whatever so what the answer is yeah let me just get rid of all of that and walk into the woods that's some bs <laughs> of course not but guess what but guess what guess what you have this amazing house you have all these things all these amenities maybe you're stuck in that house a little too much maybe you need to get out and take a walk into the woods several times a week you see balance balance and i think many yeah. of these activists today they are exactly like this guy they don't understand the middle ground they, they it's like i'm either for this or i'm against it you but, know but you, or you, I, still, you know what you i mean like to understand that if your parents for example are not present but they buy you cars you eventually right. No matter if you stay in this house or not, the parents are not there. Right. So no matter what they give you, they're not there. So you just find it meaningless. Yeah. No matter what they give me, it doesn't mean anything. Right. And then I can see it's it's uh, dramatic in both ways. Yeah. But in the end, he dies in this simple place, mm -hmm. but... Uh, happiness is real only when shared mm -hmm. yes that's right yeah. you know mm -hmm. so that's in the end it's a fact you can discuss all these little things but so you he know, should have brought his parents to the wild yeah exactly 
what should was have kidnapped that? his like, parents. That's the that's the true ending. Going off on his own, exactly. That's part two. Yes, yes. <laughs> he kidnaps his parents. We can, make, be, we can make that part. <laughs> it should be like that movie, The Butterfly Effect. You know how it gives yeah. you kind of two possibilities. I think a much better possibility for this guy could have been like, bring someone with you, man. You know, don't yeah. go all into the woods. Yeah. Maybe be close to the woods. Be close. So you mentioned Colorado, for example. Oh my God. Yeah. If I went on Google right now and just typed Colorado nature, what kinds of images are we going to get? Some of the most gorgeous images ever. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, remember you talked about universal truths in your in your course. You taught, I remember you taught me this, that yes, we disagree on many things as human beings, but there are certain things we fundamentally agree with each other on. And these are called the universal truths. I remember you used the example of a sunset. How many people do you know when the sun goes down, they're like, please give me sunglasses. I don't want to see this. This is ugly. Most people are <laughs> right. like, Oh, yeah. this is gorgeous. Right. Somehow, yeah. most of us are attracted to the nature. We love it. We like it. There's something that connects us to the nature, you know, but yeah. it doesn't have to become this fundamental thing where it's like, bye, everyone. I'm going into the woods and you'll never see me again. You know what I mean? There's right. There has to be a middle ground for everything. There's another really good saying in our, in our language, you know, even a wedding festivity gets played out what that means is you go to a wedding and there's delicious food and you're dancing and everyone's in a good mood and you feel like you could stay in that environment forever but stay at this wedding for three days and believe me you're gonna be like i'm ready to go home now you sure, know? Like yeah, I've, yeah. I've had enough what is that? A reminder, find the balance in life. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're surrounded by gadgets. Don't allow these gadgets to completely control you, man. You know, mm -hmm. self-discipline. Yes. At the end of the day, there's this animal inside of us. You know, you got to know how to manage this animal. You know, you've had, you've always had to learn how to manage this animal. You know, the, the hunters and gatherers had huge spears. Why? They knew that the danger was coming. You have to be prepared. You know, you you learn how to control this animal that's within you. You know, otherwise, everything is just a reason to be down and depressed the way I see it, you know. But it's like, no, find the balance, you know, find the balance, period, you know. Anyway, so, okay. Misa, you're going you to be, to <laughs> you're going to be one of those old women. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to leave in a, about a minute. But uh, you're going to be one of those old women that I hope that the little kids listen to, Samra. Honestly, I think that many kids are listening to me right now, and I'm very you grateful had, for that, especially with all these languages. Yeah. I really speak genuinely to all my students, and I tell them exactly what I told you guys today. You know, it's like life is never truly a disaster, although life really gets super duper difficult, you know. You you still gotta just keep on going. You gotta wow. figure out your own place in this world, and um, you also have to be careful with nostalgia. You know, because nostalgia is very dangerous sometimes. You know, even when we talk about these phenomenal stories from our childhood, and they were phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. There are many difficult things that happen in our childhood as well that nostalgia doesn't allow right. us to always see. Sure. So sometimes it becomes this romanticized. 
idea in our head, you know, like, oh, the way things were when we were kids. You yeah, know? But oh my God, you know? Sure of life going on, you know, you learn things, you experience things. It's just a, yes. it's just a natural part of life to feel this and to, I think. Do you guys ever argue with each other about anything? Oh my God, all the time. <laughs> we, we disagree, but we can talk about it. No, I'm That's kidding. That's for we, episode two. We yeah. It'll only be arguments. We disagree, of course, but I think the older we get, we have a very close relationship. And I take my brother's very, advice very seriously. I honestly, I'm not kidding. I really consider him a, the co-founder of Maverick Lingo, you know? So wow. any any and all, um, you know, proceeds from Maverick Lingo are, must be shared with with Mirza you know, because I, he I, is I, one of the I, original founders and supporters for sure. Uh, wow. For sure. No doubt I, about it. Hard and I... I I have many good ideas, but I'm not really good in turning something out of them. But my sister is really smart, and she's able to do that. And I'm really happy for her. I just uh, I'm happy for everyone that's doing good. And just as long as you're healthy, and you know that's the that's the main thing. Uh, everyone is able to do whatever they want. Yes, that's awesome. You, you well, gotta, yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. thank you for spending time with us, Mirza. It was wonderful meeting you and wonderful to spend some quality time with you and seeing you interact with each other. And uh, Samara, it's always a pleasure to hear you and, and, and discuss things with you and keep in touch with you. And I hope that this is just the beginning of many more conversations absolutely in our family you are considered a lifelong friend my parents know of you my siblings know of you it's the uh, truth it's that's the an truth. honor yes it's a deep honor my parents have watched uh, your podcast so you know we respect you very much in our family and to us you are a friend you know so mm. we expect to see you hopefully in the near future come yeah. and visit us and and you know we can get hopefully my family gets to meet you in person and i really mean i would that, love that know? i would love absolutely. that absolutely professor i just want to say as well thank you very much uh it was an honor meeting you and uh, thank you for having me i've never done anything like this before but it was fun <laughs> i've never done anything like this before either so I, I enjoyed very much talking to you and getting to know you. So thank you very much. And I can't believe you're all the way in, in Sweden. And then that's not even your mother language. And uh, it's like, we're yeah. just in the same neighborhood. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I, I really appreciate it. And I I'm, I'm looking forward to going to that Bosnian restaurant. Absolutely. Absolutely. We will very soon. And anyone listening, keep on listening to the Republican professor, because I guarantee you, you're going to hear a ton of wisdom, a ton of knowledge from a very, very educated, very knowledgeable person. And don't take that for granted. Do not take that for granted. And if Thank any you. of the students are Thank listening, you. listen to Professor Lucas Matter. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Thank you, Teacher Sam from Maverick Lingo My in Los pleasure. Angeles. My and pleasure. Th and thank you, Mirza Dracevic from Sweden. Thank you so much, dear professor, and uh, God bless you all and take care.
Thank you. God bless the United States of America. <laughs> yes. What a way to end that. Wow. <laughs>